This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com is the website. There is a lot to talk about, as always, here tonight. We're going to give you an update on our friend Sam, who uh, friend and co-host who is still sitting in jail. We'll give you that here in a bit. Uh, and, of course, take your calls about whatever's on your mind. We're going to go unscreened to the amp line. Hello, you are on Free Talk Live. Hi, it's Ivy. Hey, Ivy. How are you? Doing just great. Uh, of course, you are somebody who has been uh, making special trips down here to Keene, New Hampshire, from uh, elsewhere in the state to help out with the situation with our co-host and friend Sam, who is still currently in the Cheshire County Jail on charges of disorderly conduct, resisting arrest. Uh, he's also in there on, uh, let's see, possession without a serial number uh, and disorderly conduct. Resist. There's so many darn, darn charges. So let's see. And refusing to process. Refusal to process. So Correct. yesterday he didn't come down to see you. Turns out the reason why he didn't come down was because they never told him that you were there in the first place. So you went back today and you had better luck. Uh, yes, today I was able to speak with the superintendent before I, before I showed up, and uh, the superintendent called down and and talked to I guess the COs and actually met me at the jail at the time when I arrived, hmm. um, and I was able to get in there without a problem. Uh, when I was I, I met with Sam for about an hour. Uh, he is not eating. He's on a hunger strike, so he's looking a little weak, but he's mm-hmm. all right. He is drinking milk, so that should provide him enough, uh, you know, uh, fatty acids and nutrition for a little while. He won't die uh, drinking he, milk. That's right, and uh, and he should be okay. Uh, he he's very happy to hear that everyone's thinking about him. Um, <clears throat> and yeah, we didn't. I didn't have any trouble at all today. Uh, Sam was able to. Like I said, we talked privately for for an hour. Uh, I had total unfettered access to him, and 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 at this point, I will. Is there uh, a charge? Ha- is there a charge for a public official that lies to a uh, you know a lawyer who's coming to, or you know a, a legal counsel that's coming to see their client at the jail and tells them that the their client has refused to see them? <clears throat> I won't answer that at this time. <laughs> There really uh, ought to be. I mean, <laughs> I mean, the the fact that they they're charging this guy with refusing to process. They're charging him with a, not having a serial number on his camera. It seems to me that there's a charge to be had all, for that. All that stuff only works one way, though. Apparently. Yeah. Well, you know, that's that's what it's like to be in law enforcement. Screw the rest of the people. We're in charge. They're above the laws that they're supposedly there to enforce. Apparently. Yep, that's the hardest thing that that most of us, uh, and and that's what Sam was trying to accomplish, is being able to get into the grand jury to get charges pressed against some of the official people. Mm-hmm. And um, that's one of the hardest things that we come across, uh, particularly here in New Hampshire, because there is no private prosecution here in New Hampshire. I know in other states that there is, and you can just file charges. And here in New Hampshire, it's not. So um, hmm. we're we're working on that. So we'll get there at some point, I'm sure. Um, Anyway, I just wanted to give you an update. Sam has uh, signed uh, all the paperwork that the court required for, for me to represent him, and so I'll be appearing in court, and uh, and hopefully we'll be getting him out in the next couple of days, um, at most next couple of weeks, I hope. So. Well, that is great. I know that you've uh, you've got that paperwork in there, plus you filed a writ of habeas corpus today. Is that right? 
Uh, I have not yet. Um, right now there's a motion for release before the court, and uh, they needed uh, the paperwork signed by Sam before they would even hear the motion for release. Okay. And uh, if that motion does not work, I'll then go the, the writ of habeas corpus next. Got it. Okay. So, so are they, when are they expecting to uh, give you an answer on the, uh, I guess, the motion for release? Um, again, I'm not entirely sure. I'm waiting to hear back from them on that. Could be up to 10 days. As as I understand the the motions process up here in New Hampshire, they've got it at maximum 10 days to respond. So whether they do it sooner or later. Maximum 10 days for the prosecutor to respond, and then the court has at its discretion time to respond. Got it. Okay. Mm. Mm. So who knows when, uh, you know, where all this is going to, how this is exactly going to play out, but we've definitely taken some positive so, steps in the direction of getting our friend Sam out of jail. Ivy, just out of curiosity, um, what judge is making the decisions on whether or not Sam is going to get out? Is It's not the judge that made the order, right? It, it, it certainly is. Uh, judge Edward Burke is hearing all of these things, and... Right. Um, now, hold on. Wait, we, we, what universe are we living in? I mean, what? What, I, what? I know. what do you mean? The, the, What's confusing? This is a. I mean, the guy who made the order is making the decision whether or not the guy, the, the man, That's gets released for violating interest. the order. Judge Burke controls everything in this system. I was talking with uh, Superintendent Van Wickler today from the Cheshire County Jail. And by the way, Rick Van Wickler, really nice guy, uh, professional dude. Yes, I agree. Uh, he's doing a job that obviously we all disagree with, um, but I did get some details on exactly how that job works. And uh, if you've got to be in jail for whatever reason, you'd rather be in Rick Van Wickler's jail. He's uh, he's a man who tries to, from my conversations with him, uh, I can tell that he's a man who tries to inject as much compassion into what is a relatively inhumane system uh, as he as he possibly can. Uh, so I asked him the question. I said, well, what... What level of control do you as a, a superintendent, I mean the man in charge of the actual jail, what level of control do you have over if someone stays or goes? Can you release somebody as a superintendent? Can you say, okay, that's it, we're overcrowded, you know, we're cutting these folks out? And basically he said that he complete, almost completely is at the behest of the judges. So uh, the judge in this case, uh, Judge Burke here in Keene, is the primary judge for district court. He'll be out uh, next week on vacation, so they have a, a fill-in guy. And I guess you know whoever that judge is is the guy who has total control over whether somebody stays in or or is you know ejected from the jail. There is one exception. Uh, that is, that Van Wickler has the ability, the superintendents in New Hampshire have the ability to remove somebody from the uh, the jail if they've served two-thirds of their sentence. But they have to be sentenced, and then at the, once they reach that two-thirds point, then they can cut them out anytime they want to as a superintendent's discretion. Right. But, uh, you know, if they haven't been sentenced and Sam hasn't even been right. arraigned, uh, they, they he has to hold him until the judge says otherwise. So right. that's that's his job, and and I asked him, well, what would happen if you cut him loose anyway? He said he'd be charged with contempt of court and likely be imprisoned in his own facility at that right. point. So you, you yeah, could, Judge Burke should recuse himself from this case. This is ridiculous. It's it's his his dispute is with orders by George Judge Burke. So how can this possibly be, not be a conflict of interest? Well, there's conflicts of interest all over the place. I mean, the the, the whole uh, the point that the the keen police officer is also a prosecutor, and of course the prosecutor and the judge are both on the same side. So we know that there are conflicts inherent in the the government's justice system all, all over the place. Right. Well, Sam and I talked about all of those different issues today, and we we hope to address every single last one of them. 
So okay. um, we've got a, a bit of a plan of action, and then we're going to go from there. Don't want to show my hand too much, but but we're, we 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 do plan on addressing every every little angle that you just talked about. So I was thinking, you know, one of the things that, and I'm not really much of an inside the system kind of guy, but I was thinking right. about something that could be done inside the system to make this inhumane system a little bit more compassionate, and that is to because uh, Van Wickler mentioned that it was a statute that allows him to release people after two-thirds of their sentence. And I've known a few drug offenders here in uh, the area that have been released after two-thirds. So considering uh, Rick Van Wickler is a member of Law Enforcement Against Prohibition, he's one of the speakers for Law Enforcement Against Prohibition. In fact, interestingly enough, there are two jail superintendents here in New Hampshire that are LEAP members and speakers. Uh, it seems to me that you know this is the kind of guy who is turning these drug offenders out as quickly as he possibly can, as long as they're not violent and dangerous, and most drug offenders right. aren't. You know, he's he's letting them out at that two-thirds mark. So if there could be some sort of change made, uh, you know, inside the system to give a jail superintendent more autonomy over what he can do as far as with his prisoners, I think that could only lead to good things because then you'd have a check against inside the system. You'd have a check against an out-of-control judge. If an out-of-control judge sends people to jail that don't belong there, the the superintendent should be able to say, "Get these guys out of here." You know, send them uh, absolutely. Home. And uh, and here's an example of where it's happening: people are being sent to jail for the really really trivial things. Right, but he can't do anything about right. it. He's completely hamstrung. If he does something, he goes into the jail himself. And you know, we as much as we would like these government bureaucrats to uh, to just all of a sudden turn on the very system that employs them, we can't really expect them to do those things. So if changing the system can help things, these things out, in this case, I'd be willing to financially support that. Ivy, did you have more to share with us tonight? That's about it. All right. Thanks, thanks for all the hard work out there. Appreciate it. Thank You're you welcome. for the call tonight. 800-259-9231. More coming up. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can dial in toll-free. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site there are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Features including the archives. We've got an entire year's worth of the show. Front page of the website for your downloaded convenience at freetalklive.com. So enjoy all of that on us. Uh, so we just give you an update on our friend Sam, uh, co-host on the show, documentarian at ObscuredTruth.com, still in jail. But we did manage to get our friend Ivy down there to talk to him for an hour today. She's going to be bringing him some phone numbers, uh, I think, tomorrow. And who knows, he may even be able to get out here in a few days if they uh, if they approve the, uh, the request or the motion for release. Uh, but we are going to get him some phone numbers. I've got a landline set up for him to call at this point, so we'll be able to get outgoing phone calls from him. Apparently, even though he's in a, even though he he's not in solitary, from what I understand, but he's also not in population, so he's like in lockdown or something like that. I I don't know what the exact term is. He's he's in an area where confinement. Confinement. Yeah, that's what it is. He's in an area where he's in a cage, and there are other people in a cage. He could talk to the other people in cages, but he couldn't actually interact with. Uh, with them. Yeah, there's not a lot of uh, that solitary thing going on in the United States. You know where? Is that right? Yeah, you know, brick walls, can't hear anything, can't see anything. All you can do is stick your arm out and you know look around for crumbs of bread. Not a lot of that, <laughs> um, as as one imagines. It's you know what what people imagine is uh, solitary is actually called confinement. So that's uh, the latest on our friend Sam. The, uh, also, as as news is po- is uh, is coming out on this, it'll be posted over at freekeen.com. It also makes it over to Sam. 
sam.jailedactivist.info. That's sam.jailedactivist.info. So one of the other things I wanted to point out before we go on and taking your phone calls about whatever you want is that we've been encouraging people to call the uh, the police department, the clerk, and the jail. And it, it seems like of those three now, after my conversation with the superintendent today, basically saying that he has no ability to let uh, let Sam out, and if he does, he'll be arrested – so it seems like if you're going to make phone calls, it doesn't hurt to call the jail and check in on the on Sam just to make sure he's okay and, and to let those guards know that, that that somebody does care about him. But as far as actually getting them to release Sam, it's up to the judge. So calling okay. the district court, I think, is one of the most effective things that can be done. And, of course, calling the, uh, the police prosecutor or calling the police department and trying to get them to drop the charges, that could be another way to do it. Because the prosecutor can drop the charges any time. And the judge can release the uh, the prisoner anytime. So those and, would be the two leverage points as far as trying to get it, trying to get them to just get rid of Sam and release him. Yeah, and uh, and like you said, this particular jail and the guy that runs this jail is is known for being a lot more compassionate. And so uh, there's not as it's much still jail. concern. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's not as much right. concern about calling the jail and making sure he's being treated right, making sure he's getting his yeah. mail and things like that. I'm I'm less concerned about that. I've heard it from another source as well, someone who. Um, who Rus- apparently Russell's been in that jail, and there's been, and and the the word is it's sort of a crummy jail, but the people are treated better. And if I had to go to jail, I'd rather go somewhere that's like a crummy jail, but the people treat you better. So. Well, the, the good news <laughs> is they're getting a brand new one. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and yay, new jails. <laughs> and the folks of Cheshire County are paying for it. Yeah, whether All they right. like it or not. And if they don't, well, we'll just take their houses away. So I just wanted to, th- to throw that out there as a suggestion to those of you who have been making phone calls. I would say the most important calls to make are to the district court and to the police department. All right, 800-259-9231. We continue taking your phone calls about whatever you want. It's Mike in North Carolina. Mike, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys. How are you tonight? What's on your mind, Mike? Good, good. I just letting you guys know I went to one of those tea parties last night in Wilmington, North Carolina, and oh. ended up 100 of your uh, flyers. Wow, great. Thank you so much for Thanks. that. Thanks. And the, it, it's funny. The people are so excited, and they don't really know why they're out there, but they're, they, everyone took the flyer, and I told them, hey, if you guys want to learn about real freedom, check out these guys at Free Talk Live. And uh, I think there's going to be a lot of excitement. If people, other people went out and did the same thing. I think you guys are going to have a big, uh, big number of people checking you guys out yeah maybe we've got a whole bunch of uh, new people tuning in tonight yeah yeah so i just i just want to let you guys know and uh keep up the good work well, thank you thank you for that uh do you have any other stories that you wanted to share from your experience yesterday uh i did make a point to uh give all the police officers uh one-year flyers and uh nice. they're just standing around just doing nothing and i gave them to them and they're like oh okay yeah, <laughs> bored police officers are scary because then they like look for something to do. Well, maybe they'll get bored and listen to the show and then you know not pull somebody over while they do that. That'll be great. Yeah. Hey, thank you for doing all that, man. I really appreciate you being out there, Mike. Thanks for the call. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Last night we got some mixed reviews on the the Tea Party protests. They ranged from total Republican uh, propaganda event to really great pro-liberty themes. Uh, well, I know I guess that Jason couldn't... Osborne from SACL CAI actually uh, put one together down there in Defiance, Ohio, and, and he was the main speaker at his. I bet so... that was a good one. Yeah, then. that was definitely a good one. <laughs> That's one I wish I could have been at. You know, um, I, you, I guess you just can't make a blanket statement about them because, no. you know, they're different events, you know, and different people populated by different people. So It's true. I, I think ours was pretty good. I, I didn't know one was happening in Keene Central Square. 
And I was rollerblading because it was so nice out the last several days. And I was out rollerblading and skated right by it. And there was a guy uh, in in a box looking thing. <laughs> if you think, you know, I don't feel so weird now as a as a liberty activist. I've seen some pretty strange really? people out there that aren't involved with our particular liberty movement. And this guy was, you know, I think it, I think he might have said it was something about uh, get back to the Constitution or something. But uh, he, uh, I handed him one of my Anarchy in Your Head business cards, you oh, know, and and uh, talked to him a little bit. And then I ran, uh, skated over to. Richard's place. He's the sign maker. And, the Ministry uh, of Propaganda. The Ministry of Propaganda. It. I like that term. <laughs> and uh, found some. We quickly found some. Like already, there were already some anti-tax signs, so that was nice. And and they were just anti-tax. They weren't. We need to cut spending. And da la la la. It's not my spending. I, <laughs> they're just taking my money and spending it on things that I'm morally opposed to. But. We found some great anti-tax signs. We put some. Uh, I made. We wanted to make sure there was plenty of freaking.com signs to stick to it awesome. on the other side. So I was. So we went out there with that and uh, just did spontaneously join the crowd and kind of injected a little bit of voluntarism into the tax protests. And so I think it went pretty well. Later on, uh, there were two protests yesterday. There was the one that you went to, and then there was one later at like 4:35, the, the right. rush hour time. I went out to that one. And it was almost, I think it was all free staters at that point. So the, oh. the the event that you were at essentially had had ended, and at that the rush hour time, it was like ten free staters on the side of the road waving signs, uh, anti-tax signs. So it was it was cool. great. It was a good time. A lot of people, a lot of positive responses. Uh, you're welcome to share your experiences from yesterday. If you were out and about doing activism, would love to hear from you. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. And let's talk a little bit about uh, taxes because okay. I've got a, I've got an article from the other side. Really, from that'd the, be great. From the side of those who would who would drive past an anti-tax protest and put their thumb down. I saw or, one or two of those. Or give Not you too the many. bird. I just don't. I absolutely don't understand. I, or I, yell I, out the window. I love taxes. I, I can't ha- imagine what these people are thinking. I had a lot more people who were very supportive, and even one lady who came up and said, "I want to join in, but I don't have any signs." And I had two. I had one in each hand. I said, "Here, take yeah. one of these." And she did, and she joined in. But I had one guy come up to me and go, "How do you expect to pay for all this?" And I said, "Not through theft." All of oh, what? The roads. <laughs> I know. Well, all of this? With these signs we bought I, ourselves, I, jackass? I didn't expect to have a long time to chat with this guy because I knew that he probably wouldn't want to, and he didn't want to stick around very long when I said, uh, he said, you use words like theft and all this when it's really, and I'm like, that's what it is. That's, that's an is. accurate representation. It did, the mo- did the Nazis murder people? Because they were a legitimate government. Said, Therefore, no, it's, it's, it's not murder when it's done. When it's done by the government, it's not theft and it's not murder. Oh, well, it is when it's yeah. another and I government. About, and you, you don't wrote it down on a piece of paper and... More coming up here, 800-259-9231. We'll share the article from the other side here in moments. It's Free Talk Live. Are you moving to New Hampshire for the Free State Project? Maybe you are already here and need to find a place to call your own. Mark Warden, the Porcupine Realtor, will help you find the perfect property. Do you want a home with 50 acres of land? How about an income-producing building? Perhaps a cabin on a lake or a condo in an urban area? Invest in liberty and property. Contact Mark Warden, Porcupine Realtor. See his banner ad at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free. Bring up whatever you want, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 
And it's Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features, they're totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com features including the bulletin board system, over 450,000 posts. There's a lot to talk about at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. Now, if you uh, you want a great chance at liberty in your lifetime, look no further than the Free State Project at freestateproject.org. All three of us on the show tonight are Free State Project members, and uh, our other co-hosts are also Free Staters. And we're people that have picked up our lives and moved to New Hampshire in order to get active for more liberty. And this movement is just on the begin; it's beginning cusps. There's, a, there's only a few hundred people that have moved here to New Hampshire so far. We're expecting thousands more over the next several years, and you could be one of them. Uh, if, the, if the activism that you hear about on this show is exciting to you and you want to get plugged into this, you can do it from a distance and you can watch and listen to what's going on, or you can actually get here and get involved. You can get involved in uh, creating media. You can do political activism. You can do non-cooperation and disobedience. There's so much to do here in New Hampshire. Go to freestateproject.org. Get a taste for what some of the activism is. Uh, learn about the project and get on board and then join us here in New Hampshire. Freestateproject.org. As we continue here, taking your phone calls, we'll check in with the opposition, the pro-tax side of things here in moments. Uh, but for right now, we go to Todd in Michigan. Show about your calls. Todd, you're on Free Talk Live on the amp line. Hey, Ian, Dale, and Mark. How's it going, guys? Hey, Todd, what's on your mind tonight, dude? I uh, just wanted to uh, talk to you guys about Joe the Plumber's appearance on, I think it was, Handy uh, last night on Fox News. Now, this the- Joe the Plumber is a guy that got some recognition during the the national campaign for something. What was his deal? Well, his his beef uh, was with Obama um, was because Obama said that he was going to raise taxes on people making two hundred fifty k or over, um, and he approached Obama during the election and said, "Well, you're going to raise my taxes." And it was about Obama started, you know, capitalizing on the whole spread the wealth nonsense. Well, anyway, he um, basically was on handy last night. And he says, well, if we just get rid of the federal income tax and replace it with a fair tax, oh, yeah, <laughs> you know, it will be great. And everybody in, in, the, in, the tea, in, in the tea rally behind him was clapping and cheering him on and I was into the fair tax for about five minutes. Is that right? I'm really into I mean, it it's, for about it's, five minutes. It's somewhat alluring until you really start to dig into it. Um, but you know, the I, I'm certainly I'm I want taxes to be more fair. No doubt, I would like to I would like them to be easier to fill out, <laughs> equal and theft fair. for all. Exactly. I would prefer fair that. Theft. I I prefer I prefer the idea that uh, you know that it would be fair rather than rich people uh, you know hiring lawyers and getting out of them and middle class people having to foot the bill. I don't know I don't even know if that's true. I hear otherwise. I don't know. I it's don't know. It's the working middle class that really gets hit the worst of anyone. I know that my wife spends forty hours a year doing taxes, and it's crazy. It's a it's like a part time job. Yeah. So, Todd, what about it? You were just pointing no, out that a lot of people I'm were just, supporting the. I, I just think it's really, really uh, idiotic because I remember Ian, you were talking about this a couple of nights ago, and you basically made a very excellent argument. If they try to pass the fair tax, well, what's to stop them from not getting rid? Well, what's to stop them from from uh, from you know uh, actually not keeping the 
from retaining uh, it, from retaining the current income tax. There's nothing to stop them. They'll just, you know, tack on the fair tax, and we'll be screwed, um, you know, six ways a Sunday over it. Yeah, although there's nothing to stop them. I mean, it's just you're going to take their word for it, because otherwise they'd have to repeal the 16th Amendment. And as Mark pointed out, that's a two-thirds majority, Two-thirds in both houses and then three-quarters of the states. It's... Uh, you know, they say that it would take an act of Congress to do something. This is even worse than that, people. It would take far worse than an act of Congress. You'd have to. It would be an act of Congress. It would be an act of the Senate. It would be an act of um, each of the, con- the the Congresses and the Senates of three quarters of the states. That's like 35 states. Not bloody likely. Absolutely ridiculous. I mean, secession is, I think, a more uh, secession is a more likely option. Right. Com- spontaneous combustion is more likely. <laughs> I'm more likely well, you know to, to, to just set fire uh, right now. Today, I, I guess one of the during the tax rallies, uh, they were having either yesterday or today um, in Texas. Apparently, the Democrats were miffed at the Texas governor for suggesting that. Oh, we, we we should you know succeed from the union. Well, no 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 no. I didn't really mean that we should you know back away from the union. But there may be a lots of people who are going to get teed off at you know us being overtaxed and blah blah blah. And you know the the, the Democrats are just basically capitalizing on that. So they're 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 making a very big hay over it. And it's not a it's not a surprise as far as I'm concerned. Todd, I thank you for the update tonight, and thanks for the call. 800-259-9231. Yeah, the the whole fair tax thing, I, I know it already came up this week. It's just bewildering to me how anybody could really get so excited about it. I guess it's, you know, they're just not thinking well, too hard. They're just not digging in. They're taking the word of Neil Bortz or whatever. Oh, Neil's and, really into it. I, li- I lived yeah. in Atlanta when I was into it for a little while. You wrote the book on it, right? Yeah. yeah. Just, you're right. Well, there's, there's some alluring aspects to it. First off, you wouldn't have to fill out uh, income tax forms anymore the idea. I don't believe it for a second, but okay, let's say that you wouldn't have to fill out income tax forms anymore. Great. And, uh, you know, somehow it would be distributed fairly. Everybody likes the idea of fair. Nobody wants unfair. Um, of course, fair is a, a, bug, a, hob, a hobgoblin. It's, it's, you know, it's a phantom. It doesn't mm-hmm. exist. But either well, way. And, you get um, a check from the government. Too. Yeah, well, in, uh, yeah, we didn't wonderful. even talk about that yeah, recently. The, government, the <laughs> government can track you. Uh, wonderful. And <laughs> nobody likes the idea that they have to pay taxes and the next guy doesn't. Mm. You know, it just doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel like feel good saying, man, I've got to pay these taxes, and that guy out there slinging crack doesn't have to. And not to mention that those are the examples that Neil Bortz uses, and so you know, thus using politics to drive that wedge further between, because the people listening to Neil Bortz are white middle class people, and the people that he's talking about are you know young black men. So it's convenient. Mm. It's a very unlibertarian thing to do, by the way, to say, well, those guys are getting away with not paying taxes, so we should find a way to make sure they have to suffer the same way I do. I, I understand what no, you're saying, I, I, but at the cheers same time, to them for getting out of paying taxes. I'm with you is my, on that my deal. thought. Well, people are for, um, but fairness is. People will always go for fairness before they go for what you know justice. They want fairness, and so if you could administer your tyranny in a more fair fashion, people will go for it. So sad. Toll-free number here. You're right, but it's sad. Yep, <laughs> 1-800-259-9231. Uh, you can bring up whatever you want. And it's just to touch back on the, the welfare checkpoint, just to explain that a little more for anybody that doesn't know this, because I doubt that they're really advertising this out on uh, out on Front Street when they're talking about the fair tax. 
most conservative types, and these are the kinds of people that get all riled up about the fair tax, they get all excited about it, most conservatives are anti-welfare. Like, they may not be opposed to helping people that need help, but they're opposed to the government welfare system. And the fair tax requires that every family be cut a check from the federal government for, you know, the like some sort of base level of purchasing. Mm-hmm. To, uh, so you to, get more if you have more kids and things right. like that. Mm-hmm. So every single household in America under the fair tax platform will then be cut, uh, cut a check on, I believe, a monthly basis, if I'm not mistaken, to cover some sort of base level uh, necessities, right? They, they Because the whole idea is, well... The, the tax for those necessities, yes. The it's idea just is for the tax? They pay you for okay. the tax that you'll have to spend, which is substantial. The fair tax is yeah. like, it's like a 30%, 30% tax on things. So it's a, it's a Fairly large amount that they'll have to supposedly spend more on. Of course, Neil argues why it'll be less than you think because it'll reduce the cost of manufacturing and things like that. So the, in theory, the cost of goods and services will go down even while the tax on them goes up. That's the theory. Yeah, it's, it sounds speculative to me. Because <laughs> presumably a lot of um, taxes that corporations and stuff are paying right now would all be replaced by this end user or end sell tax. But 30% is so, it's so huge. And, and the, the idea of hooking everybody on a welfare check every single month is a really scary control freak uh, situation to be getting into. And how anybody who could call themselves a libertarian could support a situation like that really just goes to show you how either this guy is completely disingenuous or totally ignorant. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. You dial in, bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. You dial in, bring up whatever you want. Toll-free number 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site we give away. Now, if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Enter Amazon through that link, and Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. Whatever it is you need to buy, used or brand new, in dozens of categories, and free super saver shipping on a whole lot of items, you'll probably find what you're looking for at amazon.freetalklive.com. You'll find user reviews on a whole lot of items that'll help you uh, really help you out in your buying process. And, of course, it's the brand you trust, amazon.freetalklive.com. Enter through that link. Link. Free Talk Live gets a percentage. Let's continue with your phone calls. Talk to Steve in Texas. Steve, you are on Free Talk Live with Ian Dale and Mark. Yes, I wanted to address the people who are in favor of the fair tax. Yes, sir. Uh, I w- it's a good idea to ask them the question, you mean if this fair tax is going to be implemented, those crack dealers that you despise so much are going to be able to purchase homes and they're going to be able to purchase automobiles with their crack money now without any regulation from the government because there's no more uh, regulation on their income? How would that work? I don't understand. I I don't know enough about this. There's no regulation on their income now. It's from crack, right? (laughs) No, no. uh, If if an individual has uh, uh, a certain amount of cash uh, derived from drug money, are they not... uh, uh, and they're not paying income tax on it, and they purchase a home, uh, won't the IRS seize their home from them or no, hold that over not likely. Head? Not likely. Uh, I mean, there are ways to, to launder drug profits uh, to where that won't really be an issue. 
I mean, they're not really looking out for small-time purchases like that, from what I can tell. Uh, I've never heard of anything like that happening. I'm sure there are some examples of it out there, but the IRS isn't out there combing through home sales to try to find drug dealers. It's just not their job. I may not understand the laundering process enough to to say, but doesn't... When you launder it, aren't you effectively having to pay tax on it because you're making it look like real income? Generally, that is so. It depends on how you launder it. Okay. So I think if they they might launder just enough to make those kinds of purchases or something and effectively pay, probably pay income tax on it. It it all depends. I mean, if you're setting up like a business or something like that to try to launder it that direction, then odds are good you'll have to pay some sort of tax, some sort of business tax on it. Uh, or you could just, you know, set up a bank account and slowly filter money in over time, or go and go, right. go and buy money orders and, you know, pay your uh, pay your mortgages with money orders. I mean, there are ways to do it outside of, and those are just a handful of them. I'm sure that there are more creative people that can think of other ways. If you've got friends that work in the banking industry, you know, somebody that works on the inside of a bank. I mean, you'd be shocked at how much drug money ends up getting filtered and laundered through the banking system. I mean, if you're a relatively successful drug dealer and you know people in the financial industry, you find I think I'd be shocked, but you'll yeah. find a, you'll find <laughs> a way my, to get that money into the system. That was my objection to Harry Brown uh, when he was running for president. He was uh, in his book uh, "Why Government Doesn't Work." He was making mentionings of a five percent flat tax, and I objected. I don't to recall that, that because, from that book. Yeah, if you that. if you read, uh, he he talks about a flat tax and why government doesn't work, and that was my objection to Harry Brown. And why I favored uh, Jacob Hornberger over Harry Brown when right. he was running for president, because he attacked Harry Brown on that issue. And I, you know, I like Harry Brown, and he was great, but he kind of compromised on that until he was held to the fire. Then he started to retract his uh, his right. statements of being in favor of a 5% flat tax. What, what would be the point of that? I mean, I, you, you know, in theory, he is... Uh, philosophically against tax, isn't he? Yeah, I, it's it's something so, I don't recall. I've read the book twice. I, I wonder don't if recall he felt like he'd get there. eight more votes or something yeah, by supporting by compromising by. his principles. For you and read the part. No, that's okay. We'll take your word for it. But uh, th- any other thoughts for us tonight? No, that's it. Okay, thanks for the call. 800-259-9231. I think that Harry Brown and we're talking about the Harry Harry Brown was the Libertarian Party presidential candidate in 1996 and 2000. And uh, I've got the book, too. I just don't recall, and I certainly don't want to have him digging through the uh, the pages here on the air. But uh, it was my understanding that Harry Brown was a really principled libertarian dude. And that if he, uh, you know, to the point where you wouldn't be able to get him to admit it, but he basically was an anarchist. Okay. Uh, just he was one of those politically active guys. That, and actually, for a long time, he wasn't. He eschewed politics and, and you know was not interested in getting involved. And then eventually, he did decide that he could have a positive effect on the world if he went ahead and ran for, uh, for political office with a principled platform. What our caller was saying there was that his platform wasn't entirely principled. And if that's true, then it's just the same old story of somebody who's a libertarian at heart watering themselves down for the purposes of a political campaign, as we believe that Ron Paul did last year, right. because you saw a significant difference between Ron Paul's view on immigration between 1988 and 2008. There was a big change. Each 20 uh, years of living in Texas, that can be tough. No, I think it was just a, a political campaign, and he said what he needed to say, because if you pressed Ron Paul hard enough on the issue, you could get you could get him to say things that revealed his his real belief system, you right. know, saying things like, well, if, you know, we didn't have all this government, then we wouldn't need immigration rules. And so clearly, you know, Ron Paul still gets that in the absence of uh, a controlling authoritarian state. 
Uh, that's actually an, the issue weapons. that kind of pushed me over the edge with Ron Paul, and I said I don't want to be a part of the campaign. Was anymore. the immigration thing? Yeah it, yeah, it it was very disturbing to me because it really felt like we are going to throw these people to the lions so that we can have more freedom for us. We're going to take sides, throw these people to the lions, forget about them having the same sort of opportunities that we have to earn our own livings and things like that. So I have a feeling have had Ron Paul gotten elected, that would have been one of his broken campaign promises. <laughs> well, <laughs> maybe so. He but, would have uh, gotten elected and not done a damn thing about uh, you know, cracking down Maybe on so. His campaign was like, I didn't really see really, I mean, at some point you realize there's no way he's going to get elected. I mean, right. I think that we knew that relatively early on. It was right. a, it was a great opportunity. Right <laughs> about the time the vote came in for New Hampshire. Yeah, yeah. by then for sure. And I just think that, I mean, I actually pulled out, I think, even before that point, because I remember... You pulled was, out. I, I didn't. I, yeah. I, I was, you know, I was here to... I was, the, I was on board until the the primary came through for New Hampshire. Sure. Well, the thought is, uh, it's a great... This, a political campaign like that can be a great opportunity for outreach to get people, the libertarian message out there. Mm-hmm. But when you start compromising your principles and you're muddling the message, and, and it's not true anymore. It just it stops being true. people. You know, and yeah, it does confuse people. I think that... Uh, I just couldn't get behind that message anymore because he was that you know that was fundamentally uh, not acceptable to me. Even yeah. whether I didn't really I don't know if he really believed it or not. It didn't matter. That's what he was saying. I'm with you, man. And when I started seeing the the commercials come out on the Ron Paul campaign talking about immigration, taking immigration and making it into a a, t- a television spot. I mean, if they hadn't made it as front and center as they had for yeah. the time period that they did, it wouldn't have bugged me as much as it did. Unfortunately, I'd already contributed to the campaign at that point, so you know, it was water. Under I the contributed bridge. twenty-five dollars. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I did an early, hundreds. I did an early contribution of twenty-five dollars, and I got someone. Someone got on to me. One of my roommates at the Pork Central got on to me because I had not donated the maximum amount I could possibly I donate. Didn't, didn't I'm like, I don't feel like flushing money down the toilet. I gave him twenty-five dollars as like you know seed money early on in the campaign. You know, it's kind of exciting. Yeah. He had a, a, a nice message, and, and when I saw this commercial where literally they're showing Mexicans swimming and jump, oh climbing over fences, and I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. This yeah. is propaganda at its off. worst. That's, it, it was, that was a real turnoff for me, too, but I still felt okay about having spent the money that I did because I did know that – you know, Free Talk Live was ending up getting new listeners from sure. the Ron Paul campaign. We know that people are moving here to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project who found the Free State Project because they found the Ron Paul campaign and then, you know, found the uh, endorsement video where Ron Paul endorses the Free State Project. So I still think that even though Ron Paul was in a, in a, was running an unprincipled campaign, he did a lot to bring new people to the ideas of liberty. Yes, it was a, it was a poisoned kind of version of libertarianism, and I think that's dangerous to some extent. But anything that brings people a few steps closer I, to this uh, this movement, I think, is a positive thing. And you know, since nobody was going to take twenty million dollars and spend it on a, a great pro liberty Hollywood movie, Ron right. Paul was the next best thing. It, absolutely, and and he wouldn't have been able to raise that money in a different context outside right. of a campaign. So I'm I'm not going to beat him up over that. And and a lot of those people who got excited about liberty because of Ron. Paul went on and, and met people in the movement, and a lot yep. of them went on to become voluntarists. So. They they'll take the next step eventually, and, and bring it, Ron Paul bringing them to the party, so to speak, uh, just increases their likelihood of encountering somebody like uh, you, Dale, over at anarchyinyourhead.com or Free Talk Live, encountering this show or encountering a more principled pro-liberty message, and, and that's a good thing. Just in the, in the, uh, the net aggregate, I would say it was a positive, and I don't regret what I did. However, I do, 
you know, I am still bummed out that he didn't take a truly principled position because that that's that's something that stirs controversy, and that controversy stirs stirs news coverage, and the more coverage and controversy sure. means more people paying attention to you. Yeah. And I mean, as much as I'd like to say I wish the money had been spent on something else, it could have been maybe been better spent on something else. It wouldn't have been raised if, if outside of that context. So. Toll-free number here, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. What does the pro-tax side have to say in regards to April 15th? We've got the story here in moments, and we'll take your calls about whatever you want. Plus, a pastor was apparently beaten on the side of the road by the Border Patrol. We'll find out about that as well. And take your calls about anything. This is Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. And if you enjoy this program, you can help support the show by learning how to promote us by going to promote.freetalklive.com. All the information is there as to how to get the show into more ears around the world. That's promote.freetalklive.com. So let's talk taxes. Yesterday was, of course, the infamous April 15th as Americans across the country, many of them waiting till the very last moment or the last few hours of the day to begin the trek to their local post office or local mailbox to drop off the tax forms that they were forced to fill out, Uh, which, of course, the government calls that voluntary, by the way. The government calls it a voluntary Hmm. tax system because you get to figure out how much you owe. That's why they call it voluntary, not because you're actually choosing to pay or not to pay. It's it's such a such a bastardization of the language. Of the term voluntary? Yeah. yeah. This guy that came up to me yesterday, the one contrarian that I encountered, other than like someone who drove by and put a thumbs down, mm-hmm. but this one guy came up to me and said, well, how do you expect to pay for everything? And I said, well, not through theft. And he said, well, you use words like theft, and I think he might have been familiar with Free Cane or something. He said, you use words like theft and violence and all that, uh, and I can't remember the exact thing he said, and I said, well, that's the accurate words to use. They're the ones, the people that are using words like taxes are changing the language, you know, in order mm-hmm. to make it sound like it's not violent. But sure, it is. Try to, try to uh, obscure the violence. And I asked him, when do you, what happened? When does the magic happen? You know, I played D&D. We had magical <laughs> scrolls in D&D. But I realized that was just a game. You know, that was, that was fantasy. <laughs> yeah. You know, you could write stuff down on paper and it would cast spells and things. So I want to know when the magic happens with laws that makes you, you know, gives some people special rights over others and says some people can steal have the special right to steal from other people when what when does the magic happen when does this mystical thing happen that makes that changes their status question what was his answer and i told and he started storming off he started storming (laughs) off and i shouted after him i said that all they have done is monopolized crime they have a monopoly Mm -hmm. on crime that's that's the only thing that distinguishes these people that you call government well as stefan molyneux calls them the violent monopoly that's essentially what the government is, a group of men and women that are willing to hurt people if they don't go along with their plans. And, and the monopoly is a monopoly on violence itself. That is yep. correct. They have a monopoly on violence. So We're, here's what one of the uh, violent monopoly spokespeople has to say for the system that he supports and would like you to support. 
His name is Paul Begala. Apparently, he's a Democratic strategist, uh, CNN political contributor, political consultant for Bill Clinton's presidential campaign, and counselor to Bill Clinton in the White House. So this is an article written by him for CNN Politics. Yeah, this is a man that makes his, uh, you know, this is, this is a uh, serial bureaucrat. Here. Correct. Here's what he has to say. Happy Patriots Day. April 15th is the one day a year when our country asks something of us. Well, we can stop already because it's uh, this is, again, some of the language that they frequently will use to obscure the violence. Asks. Do you all feel like you've been asked to pay no. income taxes? No. No. I wasn't asked whether I wanted to fill out the form either. You know, see, the IRS the, didn't ask you this if you is wanted the part their service? About, this is the part about uh, that the, the irks me the most is it's not the paying of income tax that bothers me. Heck, I don't even pay that much. I have, you know, investment properties in my own business. There's write-offs all over the place. It's the work. It's the work of filling out these forms. If you don't want to give all your money to, you know, some some tax person who's going to do a worse job than you will, and because don't make a mistake. They don't else. care um, whether you get all your write-offs or not, because they yeah. know you're too lazy to do it. Otherwise, you wouldn't be bringing it into them. Sure. If you don't do the work, well, you're then you're going to jail. Right. Well, if you make one mistake, you face yeah. what five years in prison or something like you've, that. You've signed this it is, over. This is what gets me. At the root of the problem is this notion that they're going to use violence to make you do what they think you ought to do anyway. So as soon as you say, I'm going to make, use violence to make you do – I'm going to threaten you with violence if you don't obey me. That's what they're doing essentially. It doesn't seem violent because most people obey. Sure. But when they're threatening you with violence to do as they say, they have abandoned persuasion essentially. They're yep. saying if, you, if I were trying to persuade you, I tell you this is why you should do something. You should give money to me because I'm going to use it for this and you're going to benefit from it and explain why. But, well, then they'd really be asking. Right. Well, and, 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 and so when in an article like this where he's trying to tell you you should support this system and everything is because what he's, not, what he's doing is he's, all he's really trying to do is mask the violence and make you right. feel, buy into it and everything. The violence is still there. It always will be. He's just sort of it's, – it's a, it's a sleazy kind of devious thing that's going on to make you like – Buy into your own victimization. Yep. Uh, you're, I, I love that, that viewpoint, uh, the buying in aspect, because that's essentially what he's doing is he's selling the viewpoint that taxation is patriotic. He's, that, he's a pitch man, basically, for, for taxation. So that's what he's selling to you is this, uh, this idea that if you pay taxes and you feel good about it, then you should, you should, or you should feel good about paying taxes because then you're a patriot if you pay taxes. It's that, you know, it's this <laughs> nationalistic mentality that they're just painting all over this uh, to try to obscure the violence. So, I mean, we're, we're not even through the Everybody's first Everybody's calling here. everyone patriots all the time. Yeah. It's such an overused term. I'm a patriot. You're a patriot. Wouldn't you like to be a patriot, too? So uh, we're just not even through the first sentence here. He says, so it's April 15th is the one day a year when our country asks something of us, or at least the vast majority of us, he says. For those who wear a military uniform, those who serve the rest of us as policemen and firefighters and teachers and other public servants, every day is Patriot's Day. They work hard for our country. Many risk their lives and some lose their lives. No. Right. Some do, but if you look at the top Not ten most many. dangerous jobs, you will find out that, in fact, the bureaucrats, whether they're cops or firefighters or whatever they are, are not in those positions. Nope, they aren't. Sorry. They'd like you to believe that it's the most heroic job right. in the world. The, 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 the real patriots are the people that are going out and doing the dangerous things so that you can have whatever service it is that they're providing. And most of them, it, you know, it's not that dangerous anyway. Would you consider a taxi cab you know, dangerous. That's one of the you know the top ones. 
When I think of uh, the term servant, I think of somebody that is actually doing a job that I've asked them to do. Like if you're serving me, uh, if you're at a restaurant, you're a server, and you're serving me the meal that I've ordered, and you're bringing me drinks, and you're providing me with a service that I'm willing to pay for on a voluntary basis. To suggest that all of these government bureaucrats are serving me is, is disingenuous. Again, it's, a, it's uh, using a term inappropriately. Uh, they're forcing their products on me, and they're forcing me to pay for their services that I may or may not be interested in. Yeah. More than that, uh, many of them, I would say the vast majority of them, I am morally opposed to, and I think are harmful. So it's, it's not just that level. I don't want them or feel that they are, yeah, that I don't want them or feel that they're actually beneficial. I actually think many of them are harmful. Right, but you've got to pay for their service whether you like it or not. Exactly. Uh, but yep. some of it I don't have a problem with. I mean, clear the roads after the snow falls. Great. I have no problem paying for that service, but let me make the choice. Allow me to choose to pay for these things without the threat of violence behind it. Anyway, Mr. Begala continues, but for the rest of us, the civilian majority, our government, our government, that's another one of those terms, our government, they're not my government. I don't, I did not ask for That's another one of those mystical things that yeah. happen. <laughs> like that, yeah, the idea the, that it's your government, so therefore you have some level of well, control. Well, they wrote we it. the people on a piece of paper. Oh, so yeah. it's like the, the 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 magic scroll in D and D. They wrote we the people, mm-hmm. so obviously it's everybody's it's everybody government. Within this I didn't mass. sign it, but somehow I'm I'm in there. It's yeah. everybody within an arbitrarily declared landmass that's changed since that document was originally written, anyway. But they <laughs> yeah, they didn't uh, they didn't include the landmass on the document. No, they didn't. You're right. right. So the document refers we the people, and then you know it talks about the United States and the several states and all that stuff, and and then it so it references well something that doesn't really exist because it the talks names. about residents of the several states, citizen. You know, you know, so now you're a citizen of the United States. That I guess that came around with the Fourteenth Amendment. It's all such a convoluted mess, and essentially you've got to. Uh, go with it. Whatever we say, whatever they, the the government says is what the rules are. You've got to go with it, or well, leave. Well, that's why it's it's just always been that way, Mark. That's what you're just supposed to accept it. But it hasn't always <laughs> been that way. It's you know, in, 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 in in any living person's memory, it's always been that way. Because you know, everyone who did it is dead now. Uh, everyone, it's been in place ever since we've been alive. And so, and that's the argument. You know, you're by default, you're supposed to b- buy into all of this mysticism. And then you're supposed to somehow prove them wrong. When my thought is, if you're trying to sell me on magic scrolls, you need to prove it to me. I'm not the one that has to prove it. (laughs) Show me the obligation. Don't show me the law. I don't care what you've written on paper. I want to see my obligation. Where did I agree to your little system? They can't show that to you, ever, unless you actually did agree to pay their taxes, in which case they could show it. But good luck. 800-259-9231. Because I don't think they're going to find my social contract. It doesn't exist. It's another one of those fantasy things. We'll come back and uh, continue to share. He's got a lot more cliches to spew out. We'll share oh, yeah. in a moment. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You dial in toll-free. Bring up whatever's on your mind. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features on the site we give away. So enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Those features include live streams, broadband version, dial-up version, and a webcam. All free for you at listen.freetalklive.com. That, again, is listen.freetalklive.com. If you're thinking about starting a business, here's a word to the wise. Incorporate at LegalZoom.com. Incorporation can help protect you against frivolous lawsuits that could wipe you out. LegalZoom.com is fast and easy. They do all kinds of legal documents there. It doesn't have to be incorporation papers or LLCs. They do patents, wills, trademarks, leases, any kind of 
ordinary legal document. Get it done at LegalZoom.com. They ask you a few questions and, you know, your answers. You give your answers and it spits out a document for you. So LegalZoom.com. Use code FTL to save $10 off your order. 800-259-9231. We're going to get back to the propaganda piece here in a few moments. I want to take a phone call in the meantime here. Uh, let's talk to Luther in Maine. You're on Free Talk Live. Luther. Hey, how y'all doing tonight? Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Oh, not a whole lot. I just wanted to share an experience I had at work today. Um, I, uh, As you guys know, I fix copiers, and I go all over the place. And uh, a lot of these places I have to go are government buildings. Uh, today, in particular, I was at a school. And uh, I had an interaction with a – it was a, like an elementary school, and I had an interaction with a kid who was up there in the office. He uh, was asking me about things I was doing. Uh, mm-hmm. He seemed naturally very curious, uh, and I told him, and he – was very excited about it. You know, he was having a great time learning about what I do. And uh, uh, the lady, the attendant at the office, uh, you know, was like, oh, don't let him bug you. And she's like, oh, he always asks questions. Uh, and she was kind of trying to stifle his questions. And I was encouraging and I was bringing him over. <laughs> That's was, how you learn things is yep. by asking yeah. questions. And if it's not bothering you, then... Uh, it we, just we, goes we, to show well, the institutionalization of trying to kill the learning, uh, you know, the desire to learn in children in the school system. And uh, it's it's what I've believed, you know, for years now is that the school system is set up so that they try, cause they try to kill the way kids want to learn and they try to jam the way that they are going to learn. You're going to learn this way, mister. And that's why you find kids that say they love school are in elementary school. By the time they've made it to middle school and high school, they're jaded, they're cynical, they hate school. This is where they start cutting themselves. This is where they start sticking things in their bodies. Mm -hmm. This is when they, you know, go out and get, uh, you know, they use drugs. This is when they start uh, tattooing themselves and all those things. And yeah, maybe to some extent we're talking about a symptom of the the, uh, teenage rebellion. Yeah, teenage rebellion. But we may not be. We don't know because the vast majority, the, you well, know, the extraordinary supermajority of teenagers go to public schools and schools that are based around the public school model. And at the same time, they're not allowed to grow up either. I mean, during that same time frame, they're not allowed to, in the government schools, they're not allowed to explore the areas they might be most interested in learning about. And also outside of the school, they're not, uh, they're not allowed to get a job. You know, they can't even mature as fast as they might otherwise like to mature. So nobody should be surprised when these kids start acting out. So, uh, so what else happened, Luther? What was the rest of the story? Uh, well, that was pretty much it. Um, it was a, he was only there for maybe 20 minutes, and then he got scurried off to class, and uh, you know, I guess recess was over or whatever. Hmm. Um, somebody, oh. Some adult came and took him away. Uh, uh, it, I'm reminded of that quote by Einstein. It's a miracle that uh, curiosity survives a formal education, um, hmm. and Certainly, I'm surprised I remained curious after school. I had a terrible time at school. I, you said that uh, kids in elementary school say that they like school, but I hated it even then. Uh, really? I, uh, yeah, I, I do ask a lot of questions. I always did. Um, I was always kind of put down for it. Hmm. My entire uh, school experience, almost right up to the very end, was just miserable from beginning to end. I hated every wow. moment of it. I remember yeah. being, uh, I don't remember a whole lot from elementary school, but I do remember being anti-authoritarian from uh, as early as I can actually remember. So I guess that says something about how I felt about the uh, you know, the, the teachers and the, the principals. I, I didn't like them, I guess, I'm not except sure for a few of them. I'm not sure I'd describe my experience as being anti-authoritarian, but I did have this sense of there was just no justice in school. And, it, you know what I mean? If something wasn't right about it, it, it 
I don't know. You know, um, here's yeah. the thing is, you know, now, now you, you sort of look at teachers as though they're these, uh, these fair arbiters of, uh, you know, the kids. And, of course, they're going to treat them all fairly and everything. But think about you and the people that you work with on a regular basis. There's some you like and there's some you don't. There's some kids that teachers like and there's some kids that teachers don't. And certainly there's some kids that the kids like and some kids the kids don't like. Mm-hmm. And they're very yeah. good at showing it. But, you know, like I just don't, I don't feel the love. Do you know what I mean? That, that's one thing that I like about private, private school is that you're more likely to feel the love in a private school than you are... From the, the staff. You right, mean. from the staff, and, yeah. and, and because everybody's, you know, choosing to be there, and, you know, there's some money-changing hands. I always like people that are giving me money better than people <laughs> I don't. And I, you can call it disingenuous. Please, go right well, ahead. Call it disingenuous. But the fact is, I like people better when they're giving me money. Well, that's an accountability issue. A lot of people, you know, people talk about competition and stuff. I almost don't like that word competition about the free market, but it, but I mean that's it's technically true. But I, but the point is, there's accountability when you do not have to give someone your money. Yeah, that that makes them accountable. And look, yep. we were just talking about it in the prison system about Judge Burke has so much power. There's no you know there's no accountability when you are the sole authority on something. There's no check. Right. There's no balance. This is why I like homeschooling because I love my kid. I know I love my kid, and I'm going to treat him well. You know, they, they, people always say, well, what about the socialization process? Now, your bosses aren't always going to like you, you know. <laughs> well, I'm not going to work at a place with my boss, and I don't get along. Yeah. I have worked at yeah. those places. They sucked. Well, and he'll have and I don't of... need to do that. And look, and if I, if, and I'll bet you quit. Yes, I did. And you know, if I if I really need my kid to get used to the process of uh, you know what the, what it's like if his peer group doesn't like him, or you know, I I can cuss at him and beat him up if I want to. I mean, we could do. I could take him outside and smack the teeth out of his mouth if I feel like it. I mean, but you know, at school they're just going to get away with it. The parent, it's abuse. Because you know, they don't it, want a parent to have the kid. And you can have given them opportunities for socialization, like soccer, you know, sports and Absolutely. things like that. There's, that are much better environments. That, that what is happening at public school is just like you said. Those are little prisons. Yep. Those are teaching kids to be part of a system Lord and of stop the thinking as individuals. And that's not the, a healthy socialization process. I remember this kid that we went to school with. His name was Brian, and I was. Uh, um, I'm got to be as guilty with of this as other kids were, uh, maybe and more so. Is pick, picked on this. Kid, it was so awful. Yeah, it was so awful. The the teachers did, everybody did. Oh, was man. He, he was an annoying kid, no doubt about it. But my God, you know, I talked to the guy a couple of uh, you know weeks ago on the internet, and you know, just the a kid nice, that got that got picked on. Yeah. Oh, okay. You know, and just a nice kid, just a nice guy. I mean, he's thirty eight now, yeah. right? <laughs> nice guy and everything, but it was it was just so awful. So awful so the, the way teachers were even picking on him, too. Absolutely. And, and th- that would be something that would change in a private school environment, because if you, your kid's getting that picked on by That was a private school. Oh, it was it a was private a, school? Th- don't think that private schools are... Private schools are based on the public school model. We don't have enough innovation going on. Mm. And it's they're probably the not allowed thing. to be... They probably are, in order to... To be to have whatever charter they need or whatever their approval they need from the governor in order to function as a school and meet you know there's certain guidelines and everything they still have to follow so they're still under a uh, a lot of control of the government. When you look at this dynamic of 25 uh, you know students in one classroom with one teacher going you know all the way through, you're always going to have that kid that comes out on top most popular and the kid that on the bottom least popular and you're going to have kids all in between. You know, and it's it's not going to be good. And teachers are, are, you know, they're human. They're just as likely to end up not liking someone because the group doesn't like them. 
Hey, Luther, great call. Thanks for making Thank you. it. 800-259-9231. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. We'll continue the propaganda piece. Take your calls about whatever you want. Chime in on schools or bring up anything. It's Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. You dial in, bring up whatever's on your mind. The toll-free number for you is 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those, including the Shrine of Female listeners, dozens of ladies that have taken the time to send us their validated photo. You can see what I mean by heading over to shrine.freetalklive.com. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. And you also need to know about privacyharbor.com. Because did you know that over 35% of IT admins actually admit to snooping through their boss's email Shouldn't your business email be secure? PrivacyHarbor.com is an email alternative that is private and confidential guaranteed. PrivacyHarbor.com, because normal email is not secure. We'll continue with the propaganda here from the pro-tax side of things in a moment, but let's continue with your phone calls. In the meantime, Steve in South Carolina, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Steve. Hey, guys. How you doing? What's on your mind, Steve? Well, I was uh, I was listening to you guys talking about public and private schools, and I remember um, I graduated high school in 1982, and I went through the indoctrination, and, um, you know, we had bells, and I, I, I tried to figure out what the bells were for. They were like, well, you had a tardy bell, you had the bells for class changes and everything else, mm-hmm. and then I realized that what I was told was it's for um, uh, industry work where the bells are shift changes. Yes. We had them in so, prison. Oh really? It's like classical conditioning. That's wasn't it? A, was it a bell that made the dogs salivate? That's correct. Uh, who was that? Uh, Pavlov. Yeah, Pavlov. Yeah. Well, they, he started with a chicken. Oh really? Mm-hmm. Had to go in figure eights. <laughs> but uh, you know, and then I went to a private Catholic school. Oh my God, those nuns were ruthless. So <laughs> private didn't help at all. And then um, I have some relatives that did homeschool, and they went down to the University of New Orleans. And they ended up doing a lot of Dante and clepping because, I mean, they were so educated that they just basically clepped the classes and graduated a lot earlier because, hmm. I mean, they had they had the one-to-one attention for education and people that really cared. Right, and plus in the homeschooling environment, you can uh, you can explore whatever interests you. As a, as a young person, you can explore the areas that are most interesting to you, whereas even if you're still in a private school, as Mark was saying, they still are kind of similarly structured to the government schools. There's a limited amount of choices. But all that said, I mean, we, we still do have to admit here that the private school system does have a lot more options than the government schools, and the, uh, and there, are, there is a, an element of competition, and the fact is the private school kids do better on tests than the... Sure. Uh, Government school and homeschooled kids, kids do They're really incentivized well. to teach the children better. Homeschooled kids clean up. I mean, the homeschooled kids knock the private school kids out of the park, but you know, private school is a nice intermediary uh, between government and, and homeschool. Right, and that's what we ended up doing because during the time that I was in school, there was desegregation. So it meant, even though I lived on the other side of the railroad tracks, that for my 6th and 7th grade, no, 7th and 8th grade, I had to go. I was shipped to the other side of town, and and those kids were shipped to my side of town, and we basically traded junior high. It's called middle school now. 
um, just because of desegregation, which totally freaked me out. But we had to go to the high school, the public high school on the other side of town, and that's when all of us, I'm sorry, but the white people decided we're going private because the, the statute was if you went to a private school for two years, then you could come back to the public school and graduate. And, we, you know, we like Neville High School in Monroe, Louisiana, and so that's what we did. We went to River Oaks. We went to Washington Christian, wherever we needed to go. And then we came back and we took our – there were tents. I don't understand your motivations. Were you, were you scared of black people? I don't really understand what uh, – I thought I heard you say white people. Uh, no, well, yeah, yeah, absolutely. We were scared because the thing was is we heard all the rumors going around that, you know, the, the black people didn't want us in their area and the white people didn't want to be there. And there was confrontations all the time. Mm. And so it happened on both sides of the railroad tracks. And we're like, you know, this desegregation is – really caused a lot of harm to people. And so our parents just said, screw it. You know, we're, we're going to pull them out and put them in private. And then if they want to go back to the public school on their side of the railroad tracks, then, you know, we can do that just because of the statute and how it works. <laughs> so, yeah, I totally agree. I mean, we, we were afraid. And our yeah. parents were afraid for Segregation us. was bad and desegregation was bad. I mean, you know, it was just because everything was forced. How do you think it's going to go when it's forced, Ian? When it's forced the reverse, you mean? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's forced. Gonna be, it's gonna How's it yeah, that's not the way to resolve uh, ra- right. racial issues. You know, the, the black people felt like they, they don't want us here. And they, by and large, the white people didn't want them there. Because this had all been government-enforced segregation for a very long time, and people were used to what they were used to. And so now, here's a new idea, and it's not yours. And every time, that stinks. Thanks for sharing your story tonight, Steve. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. Having not gone through that uh, as, a, as a kid, I obviously couldn't relate. Uh, yeah. I, don't, you know, I judge people uh, based on an individual basis. I'm sure Steve is that way now, but what he's saying is back then there were some issues, I guess they had. And you're right, Mark. I mean, if forcing people to be together who might otherwise not really appreciate that is only going to cause uh, more well, strife. And, the, yeah, the segregation was government-imposed, too. A lot of people don't realize, like, the buses... Where uh, where uh, Rosa Parks uh, did her civil disobedience that was very effective, by the way. Great example of civil disobedience. Mm-hmm. That was government-forced uh, um, segregation. The That's bus correct. companies didn't want to do that. They would their get in best trouble, customers though. at the time, though, the, uh, uh, black people were their best customers, and they really wanted to provide a much better service to them, and it, and it was being imposed by government. So, But if they were to stop, uh, then the government yeah, exactly. would shut down their business, so mm-hmm. they went along with it. If the government had never gotten involved in the first place, if segregation had never happened, then people would have been able to, over time, get to know one another, and all of those barriers would have been taken down, as they naturally do, as people learn to love one another and appreciate each other for being human beings and judge each other on an individual basis based on the individual's actions. I'm all for the loving each other, but, uh, you know, W.E.B. Dubois uh, was, I think, nailed it on the head when he said the only way that black people are ever going to achieve uh, equality in America is when they're allowed to do business with white, you know, allowed to do business freely, because then white people will have to approach them on, you know, from a business standpoint. And that's that's going to work. The, the fact is, you like the people that are giving you money. So if a black person wants you to do their roof, and you're a roofer, wow, I like this guy. Mm-hmm. And then so you do the roof, and then you know you know have, you have this whole association thing. It went well. Hey, this was great. I got my money. I did his roof. Everything's. I'm happy. Going to lead to friendships down the line. Going right. to lead to dating. Going to lead to babies. It works. Voluntary I, I remember, interaction. I remember when my racist stepfather. Who uh, was was telling me when I was when I was a waiter for a brief time? He's like, "Yeah, you're gonna find that black people don't tip you very well." 
And I did, that wasn't my experience at all. Hmm, it, it, interesting. It, it, my real experience was quite contrary. I've heard it's the Canadians. Oh, it was the Canadians? I don't know. Maybe so. The floppy heads and their beady eyes. Isn't that true? Can somebody from the, the restaurant <laughs> well, industry uh, It's my understanding. I, I don't know. I mean, you, you make generalizations <laughs> and you just don't know. Right? Oh, I know. I gave good service and I got, you know, often got much better tips right. I did, a lot of black I did people great. that I served than I did from... I was a crappy waiter one. and I have a good personality and I got good tips. So, let's get back to the propaganda. This is uh, from a Democratic strategist, Paul Begala, worked with the Bill Clinton campaign, and he is talking about how great taxes are, and that you're a patriot if you pay taxes, and that you should feel good about supporting your country. We'll continue with his cliches here. He says, our government asks very little, except for <laughs> April 15th. On that day, it asks just about everything. Our, our government asks that we pay our fair share of taxes to keep our beloved country strong and safe. So where do you want to start tearing into I that I can hear one? the national anthem behind yeah. your voice <laughs> in my head. Uh, yeah, okay, first of all, it's not our government, it's their government, because I don't have a say in it, and I don't want to say in it, because I don't want to say in how a violent monopoly extracts uh, money and obedience by threat of violence from my neighbors. I'm not interested in being a part of that, so it's not our government, it's and theirs. I'm- and uh, when, like, he's, since he's referring to tax day, he's referring to the federal government mm, yes. um, as though, you know, he's just saying the government as though we don't have three of them, uh, you know, stacked up on At top least, of us. depending, yeah. yeah. <laughs> in some cases more. You're right. There's always the homeowners association, Well, too. I was going to say, I think in some, city, there's some places there's like city, county, state, uh, right. state uh, and federal. Yeah. Feds. So, so it could be four. It could be five. You never know. But so he's talking about the federal government. And, well... Yeah, the, the, you know, it's uh, they take the money. I, I'm sorry. That's I'm all right. We'll get back to it. Uh, <laughs> government asks we pay our fair share. It's a fair share, and it's whatever we say it is. It's whatever they say your fair share is. 800-259-9231, and to even use the term fair with taxes is pretty absurd. But you can vote, so it's not slavery. More on the way. You bring up whatever you want. You can vote for a new master. That's true. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. You dial up, bring up anything, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com is the site, and you can get signed up for updates. Keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Just go to updates.freetalklive.com and get on the list totally free. That's updates. .freetalklive.com. So we continue with the propaganda article from CNN, where Paul Begala, a former Democratic strategist, political contributor to CNN, uh, has written a, a puff piece on taxes. And it's rare that we get people to call in to actually defend taxes on this show, to defend the state and its uh, depredations and awful uh, violence. But this man is more than happy to do it. And he's got a smiling picture of his uh, face there on the... So nice. He's such a nice man. He's just asking you to pay. And that's what he says a couple that's times. all the government's doing is asking, asking you to it's pay. It's your fair share, Dale. What's wrong with you? What do you got a problem with paying for your fair share? You, you, you can always test that. Contract. You can test it. Oh, they're just asking me to pay, so I just won't do it this year and right. see if any violence happens. It probably won't happen yeah. the first year. Yeah. It'd probably take a little while. You might get through a few years. Well, then then you just file the next year, or what? No, I just stop, because they're just asking. Violence is going to come. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, there are some numbers out there that That's suggest true. there are a lot of people, millions of Americans, that get away with not Tens filing. Tens of millions of Americans. Right. It's better to not file at all. If you're going to protest taxes... 
better to just not file, in my opinion, than to uh, go and like write them a letter saying, I say to you, IRS, I've had it. <laughs> Well, it depends on your purpose. I mean, yeah. if you're really, you know, if you're to, ready to, you're trying to make a statement, you're protesting, you're really ready to go to, ready to, go to jail over it potentially because they will. Yeah. Then, then you might want to write them a letter. But uh, if you just kind of want to not support the system and not put money into it, apparently, uh, it puts you on the map as soon as you file. You better so. believe it's going to put you on the map. So that's why I say stay out because I don't think the IRS agent that reads your letter and forwards it on to the executives in the IRS is going to care. That you've decided to stop. They probably get that stuff all the time. Okay, here's another one. (laughs) All right, so here's what he has to say for himself, uh, continuing his propaganda puff piece here. He talks about the fair share nonsense, and then he goes on with more cliches like this one. Freedom isn't free. That's what the courageous World War II veterans, of course, appeals to the military, right? Well, and, and the World War II veterans, that's what's so funny. Think about how much the government has grown and how many services, quote unquote, it has added since World War II. Right? Yeah, I, like, I mean, a whole bunches of them. The the percentage of the income... I don't think they the, could have imagined a trillion dollar budget back then. No. So he says, uh, that's what the courageous World War II veterans of the American Legion taught me back in Texas Boys State decades ago. That phrase has special meaning for them. Those guys had seen buddies blown apart at Anzio or Guadalcanal. I grew up in a different era. There was no draft. And while I have friends and family members who joined the military, most of my peers, like me, opted for the security and prosperity of the private sector. This country has showered me with the blessings of liberty. So what do I owe my country in return? Paying my fair share of taxes, it seems, is the least I can do. That's fine. You can pay whatever you like. The country has showered me with the blessings of liberty. Is that really a true statement? Obviously I feel like the not. I feel like the country has uh, uh, since I've been alive taken away more liberties than it's given to me. I agree. The government. If if when you say the country you mean the government. Well, I mean it's the country the, could be a, a plot of land right. you know, with an arbitrarily the, defined well, line around if, it. If if a country would likely to me mean the uh, group of people living in that uh, you know geographic de- designation if those people are responsible for the government that they have allowed to exist if I, they have voted them in because I nobody I don't believe anybody I've ever voted for on a national level has gotten in. It's possible that some rep- that I voted for the representative that managed to make it or the senator or something in florida i certainly don't know but i don't think anybody i voted for on a national level has made it in i have watched i'm not responsible i've watched so many completely peaceful people be arrested for speech supposedly their free speech that is in the first amendment to the federal constitution just this week just this week (laughs) uh just speech or or standing in a public space that supposedly their taxes paid for I've seen I've seen trials that were that completely did not rec, uh, respect this notion of having to prove guilt beyond a reasonable doubt. I, I, my, uh, Judge Crocker's notions of reasonable doubt. Uh, just seeing just seeing my you know, my friends you know present a case to say you know sh- to completely show that, that that an officer is is misrepresenting their evidence uh, that completely contradict themselves several times throughout the testimony and then. That is not reasonable doubt to that judge. I mean, I've I've watched so many ca- court cases like that. I've watched so many officers that I I I I can't recall in my personal experience any situation, uh, uh, certainly off not off the top of my head, where 
where my tax-paid police officers in some way protected my liberties or someone I cared about. I've only seen them victimize I people I one. care about. I well, they certainly one. helped. The police officers on a local level certainly have helped me. But I, 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 I what think the hell I, is the FBI doing? I said I can't think of it off the top of my head. It's, I'll give it's, you two. My primary experiences are, t- are in the other direction. That's the problem. I'll give you two from, uh, from my life. Uh, one was when I was a teenager. I had gone to a, a movie. It was during the daytime. It was raining when I was going there with a friend. So I had my headlights on in my truck that I was driving at the time. When I got there, it was bright enough to where I didn't notice the headlights were still on, so I'd left the headlights on throughout the, the full two-hour movie. It came out, the truck battery was dead, and I was you know, out in front of my truck as I, as I was a high schooler at the time, cursing up a storm. And uh, some guy comes up and asks if I needed a jump, and I said, sure. And he pointed out that he was an off-duty police officer, and he wanted to, uh, to, make, uh, to, you know, to have me as a young ruffian uh, take note that uh, cops <laughs> aren't all bad. And so you know, that was one run-in with yeah. a cop. You know, you just reminded me when my car uh, broke down on the side of the road, I actually got a ride. Me and my dad got a ride from a police officer to somewhere to get help. But it's a shame there aren't more stories. I'm sure they help people every day. But it's a shame Mm. that there aren't more stories like that because most of the time when you've got those flashing lights behind you, it's a a feeling of terror uh, that is striking through your heart. You aren't feeling as though you're going to be helped. And and those aren't things that you need a badge to do. Like In theory, the badge is there so that they can... So they have the authority. I understand the principle. They, so they have the authority to stop someone who's going to infringe on your rights in some way, either hurt you or steal from you or something like that. That's not what they spend, it seems to me, 95% of their time doing. 95% of their time is on these very contrived notions of, uh, you know, supposedly keeping the roads safe by stopping speeders and things like that. But most of these, you know, most of my friends who have gotten speeding tickets, they've never been in, you know, they're very safe drivers, never been in accidents. Yeah, it's revenue generation. It's, yeah, the it's. Part. And it would be nice if the cops were out there stopping uh, the real criminals. And I think that's what – who doesn't want that to be the case? Most cops, a lot of cops got in supposedly to do that kind of work, but they ended up being assigned to all this other nonsense. And uh, most individuals would like to see the cops out stopping the rapists and the arsonists and the, and the murderers. So I think that you know that's something that we can all agree on. I think that's something that you yeah. can even get a cop to agree on. A lot of them would agree that you know they'd rather be stopping bad the, guys. I guess the point that I that I end up on on this topic is that it feels like 95 percent of all this money that is being shoveled into the system yeah. is actually infringing on our rights and our liberties and is not actually protecting them or providing us with useful services. So there is no share of that that I consider fair. Any amount that they were that they would suggest I would object to, even if it was a $10 tax. If that $10 is going to kill brown people over uh, overseas or that $10 is going to lock my friends up uh, for smoking a marijuana cigarette, then I, I object to it. You're stealing my money and you're using it for evil, nefarious purposes. You know, and how can we not, how can we have a better world if we aren't taking responsibility when we're contributing to this system that we if, if you're contributing to something that's that you believe to be immoral I, I don't understand how it doesn't occur to someone that if each and every one of us decided we are not going to contribute to something that we feel is immoral not just not something we want or don't want but something that we on principle feel is immoral mm-hmm. i mean it, you can certainly persuade me to change my opinion about what's immoral or not but persuade me to change my opinion about what's immoral or not but if I honestly feel that something is immoral, why should I support that? And how, how can we not? You're how can hurt. we have a better world if we don't right. think in those terms? That each one of us should take responsibility. Well, that would require risk, Dale. And uh, I mean, for people to stop paying taxes requires them to step out of their comfort zone. 
But the fact that we're that's just it. The for, for, the fact that we're forced to pay it under violence that removes that accountability. That removes that possibility for me to say I am not going to contribute to this thing that I consider to be harmful, that I consider to be immoral. Well, and it doesn't so, remove it. It just mm-hmm. makes it uh, less tasteful. It makes it less likely that people will participate because they're they're scared. I mean, this right. government rules by fear, and that's what all understandably rules. scared. I mean, understandably yeah, scared. It's yeah, realistic. Absolutely. I mean, they've seen Willie Nelson get arrested. They've seen Wesley Snipes being thrown, uh, you know, behind bars or whatever, being prosecuted, and they're scared because they don't want that to happen to them. They don't want that to happen to their family. And it's the brilliance, part of the brilliance of the system that we live in, that uh, people are just so frightened by this system that they aren't willing to even take a slight risk in order to see that change. Until they are willing to take those steps, they'll have to keep putting up with each step toward tyranny because the, the government will continue to take more and more steps toward tyranny and if you aren't willing to say no at some point they'll just keep going until you're in a gulag somewhere or you're dead or your family's been stolen from you or your house has been stolen from you or whatever, you fill in the blanks. What's it going to take to get you upset enough to stop paying these goons? Hour 3 coming up. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free, bring up whatever's on your mind, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. As we continue here, we'll take your phone calls about whatever you dial in to talk about. That is the point of the program. In the meantime, we'll talk about things interesting to us. And, uh, Mark, you've got a story about a pastor that was beaten allegedly by border patrol members. Yeah, what happened? Well, it's it's not really a story, it's a YouTube video and it's out there uh, you know, so you can go I would first off recommend that everybody go uh go look for it on YouTube, just type in uh Baptist pastor border patrol and okay. uh, you'll find it on uh, on YouTube there and it's uh, He shows up with uh, with wounds on his face. Yeah, you you can see the guy right there and he's got like you know, his, his face is all scuffed up, and I'm, I essentially have to tell the story as to what happened. You know, the guys uh, got pulled, you know, they asked him uh, if he... This is an internal checkpoint, by yeah, the way. this was not at the border. He had never left the United States. Let's explain briefly what those are for our listeners. Uh, well, within the uh, first, I guess it's 100 miles 100 from the miles. border. 100 miles from the border, and I believe the seacoast, that they can do one of yes. these, uh, one of these uh, you know, INS checkpoints, or... ICE checkpoints. Northern, southern borders, border coast, patrol. Sure. Was this? Okay. Now try to imagine for a second how many of the people of the United States of America live within a hundred miles of the border. That's all the state of Florida. Didn't somebody run a check on that and figure out that it was like two thirds of America or, or more than that or something? Sounds like that? about right to me. Um, I mean, <laughs> with you know, within a hundred miles of the borders and the uh, you know the, the water, it just you know it'd be impossible. It's it's nearly it's impossible. A significant portion. I mean, the east coast of America is well populated, so that's most all of it. You leave out the people California. in, in uh, Lincoln, Denver, and Omaha, yeah. and that's about it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's I mean, the rest of them, it's that's it. Uh, so, they're they're all there. So it's within this 100 mile uh, area, this zone, that they have the ability to stop anybody, and essentially demand that they show their proof of citizenship, or that they ask them what their citizenship is, and who knows what else. 
So they have the ability to set up these internal checkpoints. Some of them are, are permanently installed uh, buildings and installations. Some of them are roving, so they'll go to different places over a period of time. They'll stop off on different roads, and they'll set up a temporary checkpoint, and they'll stop every car that comes through. In fact, we've been sharing uh, the stories occasionally from Terry over at CheckpointUSA.org. He is somebody that lives down in the southern, I think he's in the Arizona area or Arizona, New Mexico region. And he travel, travels a lot for work. And, of course, he hits these checkpoints. And he doesn't put up with their crap. He will refuse to Good. answer their questions. He will say to them, they'll ask him, what's your citizenship uh and he'll come back with, uh, am I being detained? Am I free to go? And he'll just bat back their questions well, one by one right back at him, and he will never answer that question. It, and they do end up letting shouldn't. him go. And that's it just sounds- it. You know, you might, you, surely you can answer the question. You might have citizenship. You can go ahead and answer the question. The problem is, you know, that's, they, shouldn't, they shouldn't be asking people. They shouldn't be taking this uh, guilty until proven innocent attitude, not to mention that, I don't believe in in uh, enforcing that sort of citizenship requirement anyway, but but they shouldn't be having this innocent until I mean guilty until proven innocent attitude and just pull everyone over and Everyone's assume you're suspect. guilty yep. and you have to prove that you're innocent. How did when did when did we toss that principle? Probably a long long a time long time ago. ago when people started to allow it. And you're right, Dale. If people were to do if more people were to do what Terry does, then they wouldn't well, get, be able to get answers. I get the from feeling anybody. that this Baptist preacher. Might be one of those people that saw what Terry did because tried it. It, it essentially he, you know, he said, no, you can't search my car. They gave or him whatever. a tune up. <laughs> and they, uh, they told him to go to the secondary screening. They walked a dog by his car, told him mm-hmm. that the dog alerted. He's like, the dog didn't do anything. Oh, yeah, the dog alerted. Well, bring it over here and show me what alert means. No, no thanks. Um, <laughs> and we well, we're going to search the car and we have now have probable cause. And he's like, mm-hmm. no, you're not. Wow. And uh, so he sits in his car, the, uh, the, the, you know, the, the Arizona state police come and they say and he says wait a second have them bring the dog over here and uh you know alert, alert on the he they actually went over and asked the uh, border patrol to bring the dog over and they refused hmm. they said no and so the the the, the seat you know the arizona p uh i'm calling them state state police i don't know what they yeah. are they're like public safety or something like Got that it. um the, the asps um they <laughs> they came back over and said uh you know essentially you're getting out of the car they they busted the windows in on his cars, tased him through the uh, windows. Because he wouldn't uh, get out? Smashed his face into the, the glass, threw him down on the ground into the glass. I mean, the guy's all cut up, smashed his face, stepped on his head, stepped on his chest, I, tasered him again on the ground. He's like thinking to himself, maybe I should just be silent as they're tasing him. He doesn't know what to do. Um, oh are gosh. they trying really hard to fit into the stereotype of a jackbooted thug at this point? I well, mean... Uh, you know, they're they're working at it now. The I mean, dude, the dude they've said there's no, no subtlety now. There wouldn't have been a problem if you'd have just let us search. Well, and and um, now remember that right, the just obey, right? <laughs> or if you would have answered our questions, that's what just he said. Obey. If you would have answered our questions, and he and then the preacher, this guy's a preacher. I forgot to say the Baptist, Baptist preacher. preacher. Yeah. Um, this preacher says, "Wait a minute! You said the dog alerted to my car, so he caught him lying." What was the lie? That the dog. He's the guy said that if you would have just answered our questions. Because he refuses to he refused to answer any of the questions at this checkpoint when he first comes through, and then they, you know so they they so brought it, him over for secondary screening. At the secondary he screening, the lying dog because they changed their story. So now so, it's about the dog alerting on the car. First it was it about was the dog, the dog, dog the and now yeah. it's we're only trying to we're only doing this to you because you didn't you didn't wait, we're only wanting to search because you didn't answer the questions. Is that the idea? Well, he um he, they said. It would, none of this would have happened when you know he's sitting bloody going in the ambulance or yeah. whatever if you would have just answered our questions. He refused to answer the questions 
Then the dog the dog. alerted the one, that on one his crime. vehicle. The and one unforgivable crime in this country is failure to obey. Yep. We are slaves. Wow. So I, I, this it's about an eight-minute video, nine-minute video. If you just look up, uh, it's it's entitled here, past, uh, pa- Baptist Pastor Beaten and Tased by Border Patrol, now, it's just 11 him Stitches. Telling, it's just him telling his story. There's no video footage from the actual event. Right? No, he says there's video footage, but of really? course the, uh, well, but the the Border Patrol has it. Do they, you think they'll be releasing his, that? He had his own camera going? Do you th- the Border Patrol has the video. Has like, their own video. Right, they didn't confiscate video. his camera. Right. But he didn't have his own camera. No. Right. He's got, more, he's got a, uh, a cut-up face, you know. How many more abuses do you have to see? How many more people have to get hurt? How many more have to die? How many more families have to be separated? How many more people have to be thrown from their homes? How many more people have to have their lives destroyed? For you to finally say, all right, that's it. My line's been crossed. Enough is enough. I've had it. I'm not going to put up with this anymore. I'm not afraid of what the consequences might be. I understand that this is a dangerous group of people. This is a dangerous group of men and women who believe that they have the right to tell me what to do and that they have the authority over me, but they do not, and I refuse to accept it, and I refuse to obey. You know, exactly. I, I will also add, if you're, you, we all have to find our comfort level, but the, very, the one thing that I think really almost everyone at this point should be be uh be ready to risk. They need to be willing to withdraw their moral support from this system. Just their moral support. Just the the vocal saying yes, taxes. You know, taxes are necessary. It's all government's a necessary evil. We need the federal government. You know. Yeah, all that yeah. stuff. You're, you're 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 at least withdraw your moral support. If you're going along with paying your taxes and obeying obeying the 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 laws that are not protecting any victims. Just you know the silly laws that aren't protecting any victims. If you're going along with all of this in order to stay out out of jail, at least withdraw your moral support. At least stop saying that this is all okay and this is all necessary and this is all good because it's not. And then and then the other stuff, you know, that's you have to decide what your comfort level is. Whether you're going right. to engage in in something to try and change things, or if you're going to take personal risk to not pay taxes and or not to pay certain taxes or whatever that is, then. You know, you're making a choice about the kind. You know, because you're, if you're afraid, that's that's understandable. But at least, at least speak out. At least speak out against this the wrongs. Some people are afraid to do that. I mean, they're afraid that if they speak out, they'll be targeted. That, yeah. uh, that I know. That's that's to me. That's that's not acceptable. I I you know I have a certain tolerance level for people who are afraid. But right now, uh, and that this is a hill to die on. People, your your freedom of speech is a hill to die on. It's it's worth. If you lose that, then every then we are doomed. I mean, we've got thank to, goodness we've got we to still speak have, out. Right. Thank goodness we still have the ability to sit here and do this radio show and critique all of this, to talk about this. I mean, we're very fortunate to be in that position today. And you're right. If we do lose that, then what else do you have? Yeah, We are losing it a little bit. But, I mean, mm-hmm. that's why we have to fight that much harder for it. 1-800-259-9231. I don't know if I like the term fight, uh, but we'll come back and we can talk about that. It's Free Talk Live. You bring up whatever's on your mind. This is your show, Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You dial in, bring up whatever you want. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. 
wikipedia.com, and those features include the wiki with over 1,800 pages created by listeners just like you. Head over to wiki.freetalklive.com, get interactive, you can change virtually anything you see, and it's free over at wiki, wiki.freetalklive.com. Mark, this Audible podcast thing. Yes? I've had people say that the link doesn't work anymore. Can you check that for me while I read this? Audible.com is the Internet's leading provider of spoken audio entertainment. You can listen whenever and wherever you want, just like a podcast. Audible has over 60,000 titles to choose from. Every genre, Audible has it covered. Now, if you want a free audiobook download, you can get signed up today for that. But in order to do so, you have to go to audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. That's audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. And I was told by some listeners that it's uh, no longer working. So if that's the case, then we'll try to remedy that for you as quickly as possible. It's working fine. It's working for you. Okay, maybe they're Audible.com. Just... I mean, it's, Wait, it's, it's not audible.com. No, it's, it's audiblepodcast.com. Audible uh, somebody put in audible.com slash FTL. I corrected FTL. them, and I said, no, it's audiblepodcast.com right. slash FTL. Then then put that in, and that's not working. Right. Do you but have to comes put the W's to... in? No. Okay. I, I I don't know that you do. I, I, did I you just put the W's in? I didn't type everything. I okay. typed it in my computer, um, and it All came right. up, audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. Just so I clicked sure. on that, and it, it came up, and it says, download your free audio book here. It says, Liberty or Tyranny by Mark Levin. He's the great one, everybody. Ah. Ah. That's awful. <laughs> I, I get audible.com, and it says, download a free audio book today. Yeah, looking like it's working. Maybe it was just down for like a few hours. You can get the like audacity I of typed hope it in. For, I typed it in. Letter for letter, because I didn't have it in the memory yeah. or anything. James so. Patterson's run, okay, Stephen right. King's cell, All I'm Harlan telling you is Coben. people were complaining on the BBS that it wasn't working, so maybe there was like a free uh, a, a short window of time when it was not working. I said to them, maybe it was just a because li- you had said it was a limited time offer. I figured maybe that limited time had run out. I didn't know that they were still on the air with us, but they are still on the air, and the link is working now. So those of you that were looking to get this uh, free audio book, this is still a limited time offer, right, Mark? Because when this offer is not it's done, we're not talking about this on the show, the link may be gone. That's correct. Right? So take action on this while you still can. Audiblepodcast.com slash FTL to get yourself a free audio book. All right. So 800-259-9231. We'll continue taking your phone calls here about whatever you want. Uh, but first, real quick, wanted to uh, touch on the idea of fighting the government. And it was the term that you used a few Sorry for using ago. that word. I, oh, you don't I, have to I, apologize. Yeah. I mean, we all, uh, I, th- I just think words are really important. Uh, and I it's, agree. It's, and words help kind of sculpt our thoughts, and, and our thoughts sculpt our words. And so we need to uh, use as, as accurate terminology as possible. And I don't like viewing what we're doing as fighting the government. I think that what we're trying to do, I think it may be a more positive way to look at it, because when, you, when you're fighting, it's you know, one side against the other. People take losses. Uh, people get hurt. Fight's not good. We don't yep. want to fight. Um, and it's, it just sort of suggests violence. And that's no good either. Violence begets violence. Exactly. We need to, uh, if we want peace, we need, to, we need to be peaceful in our actions. And in a fight, one side hits the other, and the other side retaliates, and then the other side retaliates, and then it's just nonstop retaliation until one side's dead. Uh, and that's not what anybody wants. Uh, what we'd like to see, and what I'd like to see at least, is these government bureaucrats coming around to the understanding of what liberty means and understanding and, and valuing the idea of not aggressing against their neighbor and embracing that and, and learning it and, and, uh, and bringing it into their, their own heart and, and becoming somebody who is of a liberty mindset. I think that would be the ideal situation, and we're not going to get there by fighting with them. 
So the way I like to view things, and I was talking with uh, with Brad Jardis today, the Law Enforcement Against Prohibition active member here, look, an actual active cop in Leap here in New Hampshire. Boy, is he active, too. He's awesome. Uh, and he was writing up a speech, or no, not a speech. He's writing up a letter to the editor, an editorial for the newspaper in response to apparently what was, and I haven't read this yet, but apparently up here in New Hampshire, there's this medical marijuana thing that has actually gotten the endorsement of the biggest conservative newspaper in the state. Yeah. So well, that's it's the biggest newspaper news. in the state, and it's conservative. It's the right. union leader, and uh, it they, marijuana. They just right. Say, yeah, me- medical marijuana. Medical let's marijuana. Be, let's be yeah. clear. And, but just this, just the fact that conservatives here are showing some compassion to these uh, medical marijuana patients is is a really great sign, and it's a good thing. And so Brad was writing up a, 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 a an editorial about this to submit to the newspaper, and he was talking about how uh, well their argument is so and so, and I would argue that blah blah blah. I would argue that blah blah blah. And I said, Brad, it was a great email, but I'd recommend that you take out. I would argue that. And it's this again. It's this mindset of a conflict, or that that we're tete a tete going back and yeah. forth, uh, but you know between the sides. They may be arguing, they may be arguing, but we shouldn't be. We should be persuading. And it's all about your mindset, right? So I just said, take those take those terms out of that. Then you can just make a statement. You know, this is what I believe. Blah blah mm-hmm. blah. Instead yep. of I would argue that. What uh, about I? Or I just say it. I mean, to me, you, you, yeah. if you know the truth, speak it. And a exactly. lot of the power of your persuasion comes from your convictions that you truly believe this it's not something that you're that's some contrived notion that you that you believe because it's either politically correct or because it maybe it helps to make things the way you want them to be but if you honestly and truly believe something if it's if it's congruent with reality then you you speak it and you and and say that and if and if someone proves you wrong that's fine then you can then you can correct what you had wrong and then speak with further conviction so that's why I said to him, just take it out. Don't replace it with any other phrase. Just take it out and make your statement that, that you wanted to make about you know, what your belief is. And uh, again, it's about making a mental choice to avoid the whole concept of argumentation. Because just like with the fighting thing, an argument, an argument is essentially a verbal fight. Uh, it's, it's not violent. Right, and somebody but, has to win and somebody has to lose. And that's, where you, that's the first thing that you want to avoid is the other party losing. You want them to, you know, get get the opportunity to win by coming over to your side. You know, well, I yes, don't, ideally they should uh, come to the conclusion right. that liberty so works the, on their come own. Come to the right? same conclusions. Um, you know what I've what I've said, and it's, it's something that I'm trying to work with is, is I refuse to participate in those kind of threats of violence. What kind of threats? Those kind. What kind? The kind where you threaten people with oh, okay. violence. Okay, right. <laughs> So, uh, so yeah. So, don't argue. Try to pers- work on persuasion. And there's some real tactics that you can that you can learn that are very different in persuasion compared to argumentation. I don't want to get into that at the moment. Just try to be cognizant of the words that you use. And so, do we want to fight the government? No, because then the government's going to double back. They're going to redouble their efforts. They're going to arm up and they're going to you know bring it back at you tenfold. They so oh they use uh, any violence that happens on our side will get used to justify violence on their side. Sure, and the know? media's on their side too so it'll make you look out like uh, kooks so instead of using the term fight the government or fight for our rights or fight for this or fight for that let's just live free 
Let's do what we need to do to live free and to persuade other people to join us in living free. And then let them do all the fighting in their own minds. Let them fight with themselves as they encounter the, you know, the cognitive dissonance, as they encounter the frustration, the mental uh, anguish that will come about as they realize that people around them are coming to these conclusions about peace and freedom and prosperity that they haven't yet quite grasped. And then let them fight with themselves as they come step by step closer to our viewpoint. We just need to live free and bring other people on board. There's... There's no fighting necessary there. Right. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up whatever you want. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can dial up, bring up anything. Toll-free number 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. Join us online. Freetalklive.com. All the features on the site we give to you, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Features including archives if you've missed a moment. Just click and download. They're right there on the front page of the website for your downloaded convenience at freetalklive.com. SACL CAI does collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. If you've got a company uh, that, in you know, Please consider turning over your accounts receivable to SACL CAI. Jason Osborne over there is, um, you know, he's just, he, he's a great guy who's very concerned about liberty, big into Austrian economics, and it would be, you know, it, it, I think it'd be a good thing if you turned over your accounts receivable. Jason is not only a hero to the liberty movement, uh, he's also really good at collecting money. I was going to say he's very professional. Yeah. I, I would trust him with just about any business activity. <laughs> Yep. So uh, there you go. 800-259-9231. We continue here. Uh, let's talk briefly about something that developed up here in uh, in New Hampshire recently, and it has to do with activists getting involved in their community. Now, when we talk about the Free State Project on this show, we like to tell you about it a lot because, well, we're all free staters and we're pretty excited about it. The, the idea of moving as many liberty-minded people together to the same geographic location as possible. That's what the Free State Project is all about. And hundreds of people have already made the move. And we've talked to Dennis Goddard on this uh, show from the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance a number of times. Uh, in fact, I've heard Dennis is going to be coming in uh, about another week to fill in for me as I go on a little short vacay. That's correct. Uh, so that'll be interesting because Dennis has never been behind a microphone as a co-host on the show. So that'll be kind of fun. But we've had Dennis on the show and... Uh, 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 we've talked about how it is that activists can do more than just activism, that they should get themselves plugged into their communities and get involved at uh, some sort of community event, some kind of charitable uh, some charitable organization or something like that, to, to plug into that aspect of the community besides just doing activism. And, of course, the point of that is to make a good name for yourself and do something for your neighbors and, and you know, not be seen as just an invader, as someone who just wants to come in and, and change things. And so here in the Keene area, which is the, the area where we do this show in New Hampshire, uh, some of the activists recently had decided to begin uh, a concerted effort to do just that and to go to a local food kitchen 
where they uh, apparently they need some help, uh, you know, serving out food and moving stuff around in the stockroom or whatever it is that, uh, that they end up doing. And a number of the activists were going there. And, Dale, um, I don't know if it was you that was originally organizing this, but you were... I sort of spearheaded it, and then Tim took it over because I was procrastinating. Um, But but you've kind of gotten involved here. uh, I was the first one to volunteer. I went off on my own as a separate thing, but I did, uh, at the time, put down... You know, It said, are you affiliated with an organization? I really wasn't... I I didn't go in there thinking about that, but I was like, well, I'll put Free Keen. You know, it's Mm -hmm. something I'm... It's a local organization. I thought I'd do that, so... So you guys were going down on a weekly basis to help these folks out with the this food kitchen thing. That was the plan. It didn't get real far. We only went once on like a weekly basis. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, yeah, you'd plan to go back this week, and then right. all of a sudden they told you don't come back. Yeah, they said for Freekeen not to come back. So Freekeen.com, the, which is a blog site that I put together, and I've invited other people, including you, Dale, to uh, to blog on. Mark, you at one time were a, a blogger. I don't think you ever did anything with it. No, I wrote a couple of things. You did? Okay, that's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so, but there's a, like eight or nine people that blog on Freekeen.com, and it's also a, a website that you know encourages activism. And we so, organize events, I guess, to some extent. Yeah, there's know? a forum there, and it's a, it's an activism website that encourages people to move to Keene and get active. And so recently, of course, as you know, if you've been listening all week long, we've talked about how there were mass arrests of liberty activists in the Keene area this week. And you can see the video footage of the arrest. You can hear some of the audio over at freekeen.com. And it was right after that, the next day, that they all of a sudden decided to disallow anybody that was associated with the, with the website. Right. Uh, I think that... Um I, I, we we don't really know. I mean, there's a lot of speculation as to what exactly caused them to say. And they, they were yeah. kind of they were I guess they were they're sort of polite about it. They're like, we just don't think these or, organizations are compatible or something like that. I think someone's really misunderstanding what Freaking's about. But sounds but, like it. Yeah, and they were and they yeah they were told Tim 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 gave me a call. I was actually running a little late that day. I, Tim gave me a call. Said don't bother coming over. There's a lot going on that day. So don't bother coming over. Uh, they don't want Free Keen to so come. So they gave the, the the word to him first, and then yeah, I think he was the first one you. that day to show up. When I heard this, I was shocked. I, I was couldn't too. understand uh, why they would be so petty uh, over somebody's affiliation. You know, you're affiliated with a group that we don't like. So even though you've been helpful, even though you've come here on time, even though you've you know you I wasn't on time, but yeah, even though you've done the work that uh, that you were supposed to do. Uh, but I, yeah, I had basic. I volunteered a couple of times, and they seemed really happy with what I'd done to help. And and uh, so it was kind of shocking. I uh, and I know that a lot of people were like really really upset. There was a lot of buzz on the forums about it. Like, how can they turn away volunteers? They're trying to help out and things like that. We actually donated about I think it was maybe a hundred pounds of food. We donated or like t- ninety maybe somewhere cans. between maybe seventy and hundred. These people pounds. feel like uh. they're entitled. To these things, they run the, the soup the food kitchen. The... They're the saints. Well, you understand? They're out there feeding the hungry, which by and large they... means the people that aren't willing to work. Um, well, I don't know. I I I I think the people that... I see out there are bums. Well, I, I don't know. I buy it on a regular basis. You don't have to like what I'm saying, Dale. It's no, okay. Fine. But the people I, I, don't I see agree standing you, outside there are bums that refuse to work. There's probably they're probably I've talked to them on the street. They say uh, no, I don't want to work. Okay, well, there's probably some of that. I think there are also like there, there are also low-income families and things like sure, that there's, they're, where they're the bound food, to be there. where the food that they get helps them to make ends meet somewhere else. You know, if the they're cigarettes not and to, the beer. Well, 
I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, I just I have so That's little okay. nice to honest. say about um, you know giving away you know, Mark, you know food to the soup I, kitchens and I things like that. I see where you're coming from. I obviously it would be ideal if the soup kitchen were to were to care enough about the people. Well, why don't coming? they give them cigarettes and beer? That way they have enough money for food. Hold on a second. Let me make a point here, okay? Because uh, I feel like I'm kind of... I'm, I, I know I'm, someone who's benefiting from the soup kitchen in a very valid fashion. Someone who's struggling to make ends meet. He's got, he's got a smoke? job. He's got a job. And smoke? He's, you know, and for a while he didn't. <laughs> smoke? Do no, they smoke? No, he doesn't smoke. Does he drink alcohol? He doesn't drink alcohol. He's not old enough to drink alcohol. He's got, he finally found a part-time job after struggling for a long time to find a job. So he's getting... Food there and th- and things while he was still not working he was building up debt to pay his uh, his rent and things like that and now he was benefiting and he also volunteered because he had At free the time soup kitchen? yes Thank because he God. had free time. Uh, he had free time because he wasn't at the time able to work, and even after he started working, he's still volunteering and stuff. Here's like that. my question then: Since you know somebody who's had some some close experience with this group, do they do any kind of follow up with the people that receive the food, or do they just hand it out wholesale? Just do you I, come here and we'll I, give you. They're food? pretty loose with it, depending. I mean, they that you have to submit like income re- requirements and things like that, as I understand it. Mm-hmm. I'm getting the second hand in order to get like groceries. But they, I think they basically serve meals, and there's enough food. They pretty much let people come in and have food, and they encourage donations. Well, so if I, you're, if you're, if you're, you can, I think you can go there and eat. If you, but they suggest that you, you know, contribute something. Yeah. If you're not, you know, if you're not truly in need of free food. I, so. I think it's great that they're that we're so wealthy that we can afford as right. a, as a society to to just hand out food. Like Absolutely, that. I think that's great. I, I totally and and you know like I'd rather hand out the food to well, I, to eight out of nine vag, you know vagrants that refuse to work so the two people can get fed. You know that I'm yeah, fine, I'm with, fine that. with that. I just get so frustrated with bums and people. Well, making, you're still you, you sound very you still sound very Republican. I am. Very, I, I am. <laughs> I'm so I'm, done with Republican. I understand where you're coming from, but man, do you agree that there are a great deal of people out there that refuse that just choose not to work because they can get away with not working? I think that if if they're able to, that'll happen. A lot of that happens more from statism than something like the community kitchen, though. I think you know the statism, the welfare state, and things like that encourage that. Uh, I don't feel a guy like right there, honestly. Like, honestly, the, 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 I worked at the community kitchen now a couple of days. Now, one day I was actually helping hand out food. The, for the, the groceries and things like that. And I felt like those were some people who were struggling really hard to make ends meet. A lot of those people, some of them were working, I believe, or would like to have found work and might have had a hard time in this economy. And I think that food was helping them make ends meet. And they seemed legitimately, they seemed legitimately very grateful for what we were doing for them. And knowing that a lot of those people who were helping them were volunteers, they didn't have to be there. And, uh, the and that, I think the they seem there, legitimately Leatherman, grateful. I understand where you're coming from. The guy there, um, Leatherman, uh, with Jim or whatever his name is, he lives out in the woods. The only kind of uh, you know uh, charity that he gets is from the soup kitchen. He came here for a nice soup kitchen. He is a person who chooses not to work and gets fed off of the largesse of other people. 1-800-259-9231. And if it was 100% voluntary, you wouldn't be as upset, Mark. More coming up. Free Talk Live. Remain. You bring up whatever you want if you call in at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. And it's Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. If you like this show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can become an amplifier for as little as 3 bucks per month. 
Head over to amp.freetalklive.com. Get on board with the program. We'll take that money in and reinvest it into the show, getting on more radio stations around the country and bringing more Internet listeners on board and helping expose new people to the ideas of freedom. So head over to amp.freetalklive.com and get perks, too, like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, chat room, forum, and more, all at amp.freetalklive.com. So we're talking about uh, activists integrating into the community, and it's something that is highly recommended. If you're going to come to New Hampshire as a free stater, somebody whose purpose is to move here to get active for liberty, it's been suggested that you plug into the local community in more than just an activism way. And, and also get to a, know your neighbors, yeah. you know, face-to-face, and find what you have in common, and look at find, see if you have some shared goals and work on that. And that's... That's what I see as far as working in this local charity. So. so in a neighborly way, a number of the activists here in the Keene area had chosen to go to one of the major uh, sources for community volunteering, and that is the community kitchen. Now, Mark, of course, is uh, totally anti-feeding uh, hungry people. I, the, what? <laughs> That's not what I'm, I am. You sound like that, Mark. What, what I am is anti-giving people that are not... Mark, yeah. Yeah, I, oh, I'm sorry. Go not ahead. willing to change their circumstances, not doing anything to change their circumstances. I agree with you. I, I, I'm not of. I'm of the opinion that if you put out a bowl of uh, cat food on your doorstep, you're going to get stray cats. Yeah, and I think that depends a lot on how you do it. And like a, a local charity that's really close to the people they're helping has the best chance to really change those there's their lives and the opportunities for those people. I agree. You know that who they, they do. are. You see the this faces one of isn't. people. Have you worked there? No. Well, I don't need to work there okay, to know how I've, they run it. They will give food uh, to anybody who yes, walks will. in the door. So what? It, it doesn't matter whether they thing? work or not or whether they choose to work in the future. So they're just so creating what? stray cats. So I, think what? The, I, don't, okay. I don't agree. You right, know what? Right. They're seeing the people. You're seeing the people face-to-face that you're helping. They're seeing the people that are volunteering their time and their efforts to help them. And I really felt like these people were truly grateful for what, for what we were doing for they them. And I didn't expect it. They yeah. expect it. Some of them do. A few of them do. And that's okay. that's okay. All right. So none of this is the ideal situation, right? I mean, none, none of this. Neither of your uh, what you're talking about, the community kitchen in its current uh, iteration, is not an ideal situation. The ideal situation, I think, from a liberty-minded viewpoint, would be to have some sort of kitchen that. Yeah, okay, we're going to give out some food to anybody that walks through the door because not, if you're poor or you just got, you know, thrown out of a truck or something like that and you just don't you don't have any ID or whatever, you're new to a community and you're having a tough time, you're not going to necessarily be able to show everybody your income statement. Right. So, to offer up free food to anybody that walks through the door, I think that's completely reasonable. But I think down the line after somebody keeps coming back, that's when you strike up a conversation with them and you you know, you have like a caseworker that can meet with this person and say, "Okay, well, Tell us what's going on in your life. Let's see how we can help you get, you know, let's be more than just a food kitchen. Let's help plug you into getting well, job training. That's that how the Salvation Army does it. And I donate to the Salvation Army every year. Every okay. year the Salvation Army, okay, when I was in enough. prison, used to give me a gift pack. And I know it was given by people who gave money generously to the Salvation Army. Largely people that probably didn't check on how things were done. The Salvation yeah. Army has a program where they say, look. Yeah, we'll give you a place to live. We'll give you food. Um, and, you know, after 30 days, you're going to start, uh, you know, having a job and uh, participating in our program or I whatever. I think that makes or, a lot more sense. Or, or you know, you're going to have to start paying to live here. That and it's was, a small, small amount. That's an ideal situation. I think that would be better. It's not even that hard, Ian. Well, I see, you know something else, though, about the community kitchen that I, I find that they're, they're taking in a lot of food that was going to get thrown away. 
you know, if it didn't get used or whatever, mm-hmm. if, true. if it couldn't be sold or something. And and I think a lot of it is, you know, in a way they're reducing waste and things like that. This, there's, you know, that food's going to someone who maybe they maybe they could afford to feed themselves, but but because they're able to get some free food, that, that, that might help them make ends meet somewhere else, like I said. And, One of the reasons you know, why Mark's critique is so strong of the community kitchen is because it's not 100% voluntary organization. I, they I are would, taking government yeah. money, and that's, that's one of the problems with their organization. If they were 100% voluntarily funded, then there would really be anything you could say to them, Mark, besides just, well, I don't agree with how they run their, their well, I, organization. Yeah. I don't agree with how they run their organization, period, and they take government money on top of that. But if it's and they're a bunch of stuck-up, pretentious people that think that they know better how to, how to well, run the city. Now you're, now you're throwing everybody into a group, Mark, and that's not fair. No, I agree. What yeah. happened with, uh, what happened with <laughs> when the When they get on the radio year, and they do the crap that they do over there, oh, it'll just happen. They just sound so pretentious to me. Uh, <laughs> you're talking right, to you're like very a, angry. Yeah, that's like some bureaucrat that's talking on behalf of you, them or something. You need but to calm down, okay? They so need just to, hold on a they second. Need well, to some... stop creating waste in our community. I, I have a lot to say about the communication. I really want to get a word in edgewise here. And, you, and we can talk about whether or not they're uh, they're they're perfect organization you for you or not. You aren't getting a word in edgewise, Dale. <laughs> <I, I, yeah. laughs> for once, no. Usually I'm taking over, but <laughs> uh, yeah. For, you know. Anyway, the point is. I went back. We were, yeah, they were. T- they told. They said, "Free King, don't come back." I know a lot of people were angry about that. A lot of people were like, "Well, we need to start an alternative." Yeah, no, we don't. Well, I wanted to get <laughs> an official statement from them because all yeah, I heard sure. was, you know, you'd heard it from Tim, and then I heard it from you, and I wasn't sure exactly what their their well, declaration was. Well, before we get was. an official statement, I do want to point out. I went back today. I said, I just went in and I said, I want to volunteer on my own as an individual. I'm not putting any group affiliation. Uh, there was a brief moment where she goes back in the in the office for a moment to talk to someone, and and that was it. No drama. They I'm, let you I'm, in. I'm going to be coming. I'm going to start working on Monday. I don't, that, you know, because and, they did that, they they win some points back as far as I'm absolutely. concerned. Absolutely, because and, it sounded like they were just targeting anybody wholesale because they had an affiliation with us and yeah. freeking.com. And if that's not the case, and they they remember and I you, am going to. And here's the thing. My thought is, yeah, I mean, I have issues with whoever it is made that decision. I think it's a mistake. You, you you don't turn away volunteers when you're trying to help people and yeah. and things like that. I think, but the, but at the same time, I don't want at the same time I don't want the wrong people to suffer because a few people had this weird decision or whatever. And I don't think I think anyone who out there who's angry about this, uh, first of all, you don't have any say in it if you're not if you've never ever participated or contributed in any way, volunteering or donating money. As particularly if you're not in Keene, if you're somewhere out there, you know I know this is a national show. If you're somewhere out there and you hear this and you want to call in and make angry an angry angry statement to the to the community kitchen, I don't think that's going to be productive or helpful. It's not going to help us. And it's not going to be good on a PR level, and it's not going to and it's going to hurt the wrong people in my opinion because the people that they are helping people, they are an effective charity in my opinion. I've I've been there and I think I th- and I and I don't want the people they're helping to suffer because a few people made this bad decision. I, the reason I wanted to talk about this on the air wasn't to, to 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 get down into the details of the issue necessarily, but to point out how it is that uh, the the response was shocking. I mean, from mm-hmm. the you know from a community organization to say. Well, we don't want you people here because you're affiliated with that activist group was really shocking. And I think you did a great job of handling it. I think you did a great job of going in there and presenting a, you know, a friendly face and, and giving them another chance to really think about what it was that they were doing and still allow people to come in and, and help them out. I think you handled it well. Yeah. Uh, so I want to go to the phones here because we've yeah. got a call. Let's talk to uh, David in Michigan listening to WJML. David, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, how are you guys doing tonight? What's on your mind tonight, David? I served 13 years in the military, and I'm listening to you guys. You know, I'm I'm a wounded vet, 
I started from 80 to 93 and about soup kitchens and everything. And I agree with you guys totally. It's for the people that truly need assistance. Because, I mean, we come, I'm up in the area in northern Michigan where it's basically a resort town. 90% of the factories are gone. It's seasonal work year-round. We got 12.6% unemployment in the area. Whew, that's tough. But yet, on the other hand, I see these people pulling up, and I know people work in the soup kitchens and the food projects and all that. But yet, we see people pulling up in Escalades, Cadillacs, this and that, rich people and stuff. Hmm. You know, and they're getting the food and stuff. It's better people that truly need the low-income people. It's working at McDonald's. There are stockers, there are cashiers at gas stations and everything. They're maybe, you know, making seven, eight bucks an hour. And you figure, you know, gas, utilities and everything the way it is, these people really do need to help. But on the other hand, you know, it's the fat cats out there, they're not giving nothing. And they're in there saying, give me, give me, give me. And you see these people every other week at the food pantries holding their hands out. You know, are you sure they're not contributing there. anything for the when they eat yeah, there? Yeah, you know, not contributing anything okay. except holding out their hands. So you've you actually know? been there and you've seen this, you've experienced this personally. Yes, it's frustrating. It, it is well, frustrating. It and is, I, you know. And here I am, a vet, you know, and I'm trying like hell to get, you know, my benefits, and I've got to go through, you know, all this paperwork and everything. But these people can walk through the door get two or three boxes of food and then leave and not give nothing and me and my family we try to give what we can i appreciate that and i'm i appreciate your phone call tonight i'm sorry we're out of time but it has been in here with you and dale and mark if you want to support an organization that does help people and does help hold them accountable the salvation army does i i support them and i think that they're a good organization good to know all right more coming up tomorrow night. You can join us online in the meantime and join Dale on his website, anarchyinyourhead.com, our site, freetalklive.com. See you tomorrow night. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.